Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on November the 29th, 2016. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my voice tester. <laughs> Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. We're going to have our longest game club yet, Skyrim. No Man's Sky delivers the Foundations update. We'll have our weekly community corner, and timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. And if you notice, that topics list is incredibly short this week, but we figure we'll have at least an hour and a half of Skyrim. And each yeah, of us played... if we played... go short, we could always just tack things on to the end. <laughs> well, plus we're going to have a bunch of audio letters to add and all sorts of things. So we're pretty sure that this is going to be a long one this week. Hey, people like them long. That, oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, baby. Can't imagine why, though. But, <laughs> so Wait, we, I don't listen to this. <laughs> so I'm feeling super professional right now. I bought a mic stand that showed up today. I bought it on Black Friday. It was like normally it was like a twenty-five or thirty-dollar mic stand. Mm-hmm. It's five bucks on Amazon. Ah. So I bought that, and I bought some little fuzzy covers to go over the windscreen. Sure. Well, to, oh, oh, you, uh, well, I thought you were being professional, so I thought you'd want the proper name instead of uh, fuzzy cover. Is that what it's called? A windscreen. Well, if it's if it's covering the entire microphone, it's a windscreen. If it's uh, just covering part of it uh, and getting between the microphone and you, it's a pop filter. No, it's a windscreen. It's covering the whole mic. Um, but so anyways, I brought, bought some of them. I bought a pack that of like six that were five bucks on Black Friday. What are you planning on doing to them? No, no, no. I don't want to know. I'm rough on – I actually broke one trying to put it on, so I knew I would – I knew that that would happen. I knew it would break them or lose them or my kid would pull it off and wreck it or my dog would you know, eat I, it. You know, I could make a comment about – well, you do have a kid, so I can imagine. Yeah. So I'm feeling super professional. <laughs> well, no, no, about uh, bre- having one break when you're trying to put it – never mind, never mind. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, so I'm feeling super professional. I have an actual mic set up. So if I sound different to you, that's because I do sound different. And Rage yeah, says I sound better. It's really hard for me to tell because I've listened to myself for months now on my uh, my lapel. And this sounds di- like very different to my ears. Yeah, but it's also really going to matter on your post-processing. And also, do you have a monkey hanging off your uh, stand? Because if you don't, then I'm still more professional. A monkey? Yes, I have a stuffed monkey hanging off my microphone boom. <laughs> no, I don't. I could get I one. I have my... to take a picture of it at some point. You should. I could get one of my kids' stuffed animals and hang it off of the boom. But I got one that's like a clip-on, so that I can easily remove it. Uh, uh yeah, it clamps onto the desk. Yeah, mine is actually a floor model that's sitting next to the desk and kind of extending over it. Yeah, I'd like to have one of those, but um, again, there's a kid, so. I have yeah. to be able to easily well, tuck I've, this thing uh, away. Well, I've kind of tied it to the uh, side of the desk because my desk, the way it's built, doesn't really accommodate the clamp on. Yeah. As, uh, so I've tied it to the uh, tube that runs along the edge of the desk for the legs. Yeah. So it is attached to the desk. It's just not attached to the desk in the traditional manner. <laughs> right. I've also got a brand new desk. Those of you who follow me on Twitter, I posted a picture once I got everything put together last night. Uh, as of the time of recording, it's a nice big L desk. I have so much room for activities. <laughs> I'm very excited. I love a good L desk, and I got one. So, also yeah, known, as, known as the desk. Yeah. 
Yeah, El Desk. El Desco. But, uh, so yep, that's what's going on for me this week. Uh, and, don't worry, I'll be talking about hardware next week because I have a mouse that's probably sitting in the uh, post office near me right now. Do you have a P.O. box? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I should get a P.O. box. Well, I kind of have to have a P.O. box because the, the U.S. Uh, postage doesn't do home delivery where I live because, yeah, they're backwards. <laughs> nice. The, the Where I used to live actually had home delivery, and it was a more stretched-out community. Right. Well, I have home delivery, but our, our postman, uh, we call him Mad Mike. And he's really aggressive, and I'm afraid, like, I'm always afraid if he's the one who's delivering the mail that day, he's going to break stuff. Plus, we live out in the middle of nowhere, and so it takes longer for things to get delivered to us. Usually, I'll get a notification that's like, the thing was dropped off at your local post office. I was like, great. I'll see that in two days. But if I had a PO box, I could just go get it. Yeah, I'm hoping that mouse will uh, be there tomorrow. If not, then... It'll be Thursday because they were, uh, I was ordering it from Newegg and I did realize they were using, uh, SmartPost. Uh, so I was giving my fiscal address, which is my apartment, but, uh, then they uh, did SmartPost on me, which means that the post office, uh, has to look up, okay, wh- who the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I look forward to hearing about your new mouse. I definitely don't know what I would do if I had to go back to using a regular mouse, like oh, instead of me, a I've, gaming mouse. Oh, I've hated it. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to having a, a couple more buttons to use now. Yeah. Yeah, something like um, 18 more than this, 17 more than this. Yeah, your your mouse is going to have more buttons than mine. <laughs> I think my, my mouse has 12 buttons. My mouse is going to have 12 buttons on the side. Yeah. Plus uh, left click, right click, a ring finger click, and uh, three on the mouse wheel. Yeah, that seems really odd, the extra click. But I mean, uh, I've never used I imagine one, so once it might be I, okay. I imagine once I get past all the muscle memory, I'm really going to love it. Yeah. Honestly, though, the thing that I like the most about my gaming mouse is being able to program custom um mouse speeds and things so I can overcome yeah, games with stupid mouse acceleration. Yeah, that's what I, I'm looking forward to with this and what that ring finger click is likely going to be for a lot of first person shooters is going to be a sniper mode. Yeah. I rarely use my side buttons. I use them in MMOs. Mm-hmm. Um and occasionally I use them in FPSs. Uh cuz some FPS Especially more modern ones have additional buttons for additional things. Well, let's put it this way. This mouse was about the same price as what I was looking at for a non-MMO mouse. It's like, why the hell not? Yeah. Um, Okie dokie. Well, shall we well, talk about things we actually uh, worked with this week? Yeah, I was going to say, since we've got such a, a long show ahead of us, let's go ahead and get <laughs> to it. What games uh, did you play this week, sir? Uh, well, let's start off with uh, the weakest out of the bunch. I uh, did a doubleheader on the Sunday sampler, mostly because of the game I really wanted to cover had a Monday embargo. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, do I postpone or wait? The Sunday sampler is an uh, episode behind of where it should be. Doubleheader time. Nice. And this is actually the game that uh, you may remember a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to the PR director 
uh, uh, when the show I was starting to record and you were hearing me typing away. <laughs> this is the uh, what I got from him. The uh, visual novel of Alice in Wonderland. And it is meh. Uh, the thing is, it's not you know, based on Alice in Wonderland. It is Alice in Wonderland. Pretty much verbatim. The only difference that I was able to discern, and this is me going, you know, every so often going to Project Gutenberg and getting a copy of Alice in Wonderland, which is in the public domain, which why they're able to do this, is that they gender flipped a couple of the characters. And oh, by the way, this is a visual novel, so everyone is uh, either anime uh, or uh, bunny girls or uh, androgynous men. Yeah, I see that. I'm looking at the images on Steam. And there's sexy bunny girl. I'm assuming yeah, this in guy other is... words, uh, in other words, Alice in Wonderland for you, <laughs> for yeah, you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's sexy bunny girl, sexy mouse girl, and sexy androgynous Mad Hatter. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the Mad Hatter on the uh, screens. Um, I mean, that's what I would assume look. with the big hat and the eccentric clothes. Yeah, that, that would be the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that's the Mad Hatter, the Dormouse, and the March Hare. Uh, and if you look at the other screen, you can see, uh, the, uh, Cheshire cat, which is an androgynous man and, uh, who is pretty much topless. Wait, at least I'm assuming male. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm not even sure what the market is for. Because whenever I think of Alice in Wonderland, I think usually, you know, uh, for children. But, you know, then having sexy bunny girls and everything in it kind of, you know, puts me off on that. It's like, okay, this probably isn't for children. What the hell is this for? It's for me. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, complaints, well, they have no skip feature, no chapter select feature. So, you know, you're going through the entire novel if you don't have a save file somewhere. Which means that if you want to go back to, and re read your favorite passage of Alice in Wonderland for some reason... You're going to go through the entire fucking book. And the book has no instant text. It, it's actually very slow on uh, putting out the text. Can you skip through it? Like clicking? You can or... skip, you can skip, but it, you know, it's doubling the number of clicks or tripling the number of clips because sometimes, you know, they give you a line uh, and then they'll give you an entire paragraph. But the thing is, I skipped uh, some lines because, you know, I was trying to, you know, hurry the text up to actually show up. And ended up skipping one of the short lines, and I have to go back to the history. And the history is only, as far as I could tell, that page of the book. So you can't even go that far back if you, you know, you kind of lose the plot. Because Alice in Wonderland, it, it I know this is going to be hard to believe, but it, it kind of kind of skips around and, you know, it's, it has a lot of nonsense in it. So you may be reading along and it's like, what the hell am I reading? And we yeah. go back and reread. Yeah. Was Alice in Wonderland originally a children's story? I know it became a children's story, uh, but... That's the thing. I'm not 100% sure, and I couldn't really find a lot because uh, it's one of those things that's kind of gotten uh, so many adaptations and everything that it's layer upon layer upon layer, and I didn't want to you know, put that much effort into digging down trying to find you know, if it was a children's story originally. Right. I do know that they made the sequel, which was uh, uh, Through the Looking Glass, that was more of a children's story. I'm Googling uh, it just see. to see uh, if Google has an easy answer. <laughs> uh, I would say the music is uh, nice. It has a lot of classical music. But the thing is, 
Well, at least on the review copy I did. They have patched it since I uh, looked at it. The music is um, fucking loud. And loud? It's so loud. Loud, yeah. Okay. So so loud, it actually has audio clipping on some of the parts. I actually drug some of the uh, the tracks into Audacity to look for clipping, and there was clipping all over the place on a few of uh, a, a few of the tracks. Uh, to the point that it was actually distorting some of the music. It's one of those things that it, it feels like it was very thrown together. You know, they uh, paid a uh, person on DeviantArt to you know make a bunny uh, some bunny girls based on the, the March Hare and. Uh, the white rabbit and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, if you want Alice in Wonderland, uh, a visual novel, you know, you don't really have a lot of options. But yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's a story that I think everyone knows already. So it's one of those things that I, I just don't see the market for. Yeah. Or so, maybe it's just, uh, yeah, me being ignorant to the market. So according to Wikipedia, which on things... is the uh, is the definitive source of everything ever. <laughs> well, I mean, on some subjects, absolutely, I trust Wikipedia implicitly or explicitly. It really depends on the editor that uh, takes a personal interest in that subject. Yeah, usually small things are pretty accurate, but like big things, like classical literature pieces and stuff, mm-hmm. will have so many people like constantly bombarding them with edits. That sometimes they're not always correct. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But according to Wikipedia, originally, the original author told this story to his girls uh, on a trip. And then after telling the story, his girls loved it so much that he created an actual book based around the story that he told. And that it was designed to be a book for everybody. And it had imagery that kids would love, but stories and metaphors that adults would understand and appreciate. Such as getting fucking high on mushrooms. Absolutely. So, I, you know, if that is true, then it's kind of a book written for everybody, not necessarily adults. And yeah, then which, different uh, adaptations which, throughout okay, the years. Then have... the, the anime girls may make a little bit more sense, but you know, it's <laughs> one of those things that uh, if someone wanted... Uh, to recreate this, they could just go on DeviantArt and pull up the Project Gutenberg while going to Pandora and hitting classical music. And the classical music would be a lot better quality. I mean, that, that's the thing is that the art is nice. There's not a lot of it. There's in the gallery, there's 12 pieces and I unlocked all the pieces by chapter six or seven. And, uh, th- there is more art than that. The uh, gallery is literally the pieces of art that they do not use the character sprites for. So, like, falling down the rabbit hole, for example. Uh, they'll, uh, they use that for the entire sequence of falling down the rabbit hole. That one piece of art. Yeah. So, so the art doesn't change that much, uh, throughout, uh, long sequences. And because of that, also, the music doesn't change. So, some of the more short pieces, which they, it feels like they just went to a, uh, open source or a, a copyright free uh, source and uh, grabbed a bunch of classical music because there's some uh, weird things going on with just the um, music in general uh, uh, the file names of it yeah uh, they grabbed those and some of the shorter pieces you that has very distinctive sections you notice these loops very very strongly you know especially whenever a sequence is 10-15 minutes long and they 
haven't really changed the art outside of maybe having the sprites do, you know, going through different poses. Yeah. That really sucks because music, I mean, music is important to all games, but, but particularly visual novels. Visual novels. Yeah. 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 Because you don't have movement or. You have limited mu- movement in the visual novel and uh, the music is what really sets the mood. And yes, the music is pretty and they did choose some really nice pieces. They had uh, Chopin, they had uh, Mozart, they uh, and uh, I think uh, Schubert uh, was the third major one that they had in the uh, audio track. Yeah. But the thing is that uh, that distortion is what got me, especially, I think it was the Mozart pieces that were uh, most guilty of it. That were just every so often just uh, a loud uh, crash on the piano and you'd hear the clipping as it, you know, it tries to record, uh, you know, a, a very loud sound, but the microphone just can't keep up. Yeah. That sucks. I yeah. do enjoy classical music. Um, well, I'm listening to some right now. Yeah. When you start, when we start talking about the music, I was like, Oh, I never pulled up my music. So I'm going to find some music to listen to tonight. <laughs> while you continue to talk about your games. Okay. Well, I think that's it for Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I would say if it goes on sale, maybe check it out if you're a really big fan of the book. Yeah. Uh, for uh, just some different art for it. But it, it's not something I would say that is a must check out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I put it on my wish list. It, I'd probably pick it up for like a dollar or two uh, based on what you're saying. I. But, you know, if you like Alice, the story of Alice in Wonderland, then, hey, maybe it's worth five bucks to you. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is it also is a very cheap game, or novel, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it it being, feeling like it's kind of thrown together, uh, the fact that they have no options uh, until they patch it in, no way to change the music sound, uh, the music, or any of the sound effects or anything, uh, does uh, lead to that feeling. But it is a budget game, so yeah, maybe I could give it a little bit more lenience, but I'm also very brutal. <laughs> yeah, I tend to be the forgiving one around here. Yeah, but that's going to change in about two games. Uh, so let's move on to uh, a quick uh, stint in Eurotruck Simulator. I, uh, the one thing I picked up during the autumn sale was the Scandinavia uh, expansion for it. I should have got and, that. And stunned silence. <laughs> I should have got I was taking a drink. <laughs> I should have got that. Oh, you didn't think of that, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I forgot about the the expansions for Euro Truck 2. That's yeah, okay. A, a very, very pretty landscape. But the thing is that, you know, uh, if you don't enjoy Euro Truck Simulator, you're not going to enjoy, uh, you know, the expansions because it's just really more of the same of the game. It's just changing the scenery a bit. Yeah. And Euro Truck, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. It's kind of my veg out uh, uh, game, just, you know, listening to podcasts, which... I'm something like three days behind on my podcasts, as yeah. in my playlist is three days long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you too, huh? Yeah. 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 And I'm also starting listening to the co-optional podcast regularly now. Yeah, and they who have... the fuck puts out a podcast that's three hours long every week? Yeah, who oh, does right. that? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, though, they've got a long backlog, because if you go all the way back to when it was uh, the the Game Station podcast... Mm-hmm. There's something like 210 episodes, and no, they're we all... have a long backlog. Uh, did I tell you the total runtime that we have so far? I uh, put it on the show notes. No, you didn't tell me, and I didn't see it on the notes. 
Yeah, I was toying around with the add-on for uh, Chrome that uh, tells me playlist lengths. Yeah. And I went to my VGL playlist on YouTube, and it's six days long. <laughs> Go us. Yeah. Six days worth of content. Yeah. What the hell are we doing with our lives? <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, at least for six days. We're Yeah. We're doing well. It is, it is longer than my Binding of Isaac playlist. Oh, you know what? Times two. You know what? If it's six days long, I've probably got an additional three days in editing time in there. Yeah. I spent nine days of my life dedicated to this <laughs> podcast. And this is going to be the final episode of the VGL podcast as we have an existential crisis. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> we built a little community that we enjoy hanging out with and talking to and stuff. It's That's worth it. I mean, VGL is? is the uh, biggest. I'm joking. VGL is the majority of my social interaction. It's not my family. I'm not sure if I should be happy or sad about that. I'm happy about that. <laughs> There's not too many people in my life that, that – get me like the our entire community does oh so but yeah uh, uh, mostly your truck has been me roaming around uh scandinavia well when it gives me jobs there because it keeps trying to kick me out of scandinavia <laughs> right yeah all the jobs are like uh okay uh go to uh england england doesn't want to be part of the european union why are you sending me there <laughs> <laughs> oh but um Plus, that ferry is cutting my profits. I'm trying to rebuild here. Yeah, the ferry's expensive. Yeah. So, uh, let's get to the game you've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the dwarves. Yeah, I this... watched I watched your YouTube video today that you put up of the dwarves. And I watched, like, probably 15 minutes of it. And then I stopped because I didn't want to spoil everything. I wanted to hear you. I mean, yeah, it, I... Uh, I absolutely love this game. Is it perfect? No. I found some real problems with it. And there are some uh, game systems that make me scratch my head a little bit. Just because it feels contrary to what they're trying to pull. But the combat in this game is fucking awesome. Did, did you get to the combat sequences? Yeah, I skipped around a little bit so that I could like see some combat. See some of the overworld. And then the town or whatever towards the end of the video. Yeah. Um, like I saw a little bit of each of those and the combat looks really good. Looks like yeah, the combat uh, is, uh, uh, I, I, well, I referred to the battle of Helm's deep Yeah, because it is usually three or four of your units versus I would say at least 20 orcs or 20 whatevers because there's, you know, different things you fight throughout the story. I'm, uh, for the uh, Sunday sampler, I only went. About a third of the way through the game. Granted, the game is only about 15 hours long. That's a little short on, a, on the RPG side. Yeah. But, oh. The combat reminded me of some of my favorite combats from uh, the Command & Conquer series, where you'd mm -hmm. be given, like, a group of hero units. And it's like, okay, complete the whole mission with these, like, five dudes. That's what it made me feel like. And, I like, <laughs> those were some of my favorite parts, because the hero units were always the most fun. The most unique. Well, what's cool uh, really interesting about the uh, the combat in this game is that it's physics based. So, uh, you could uh, set up your dwarves to do a cleave attack and knock people off a bridge and kill them, and yeah, you know, uh, just outright. Yes, please. But you, but you also have to be careful because there's friendly fire. 
and that's on both sides. So in the uh, in the opening sequence, you're uh, trying to hold this bridge, and uh, the giant ogres they have are just as deadly to their own forces uh, or to the enemy forces, I should say, that, as they are to yours because they'll swing the club and do this huge backswing and you know knock a few guys off the bridge. <laughs> That's awesome because that's like various scenes from pretty much any yeah. fantasy movie you've ever seen, whether they bring out the trolls or whatever, and it's like they always have a scene where the trolls kill a few of their own guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and they did that perfectly here. Uh, there are some problems I had with it. Uh, uh, whenever you're not in combat, you're uh, usually uh, going around these uh, – well, you saw me in the town, and the towns uh, or different areas have various – points of interest that you have to, well, you don't have to click on. There's one that usually starts the story forward and there's other more lore based ones and some that may give you a little bit of experience if you have to do a little thing with them. But some of them are very picky where they want you to stand to trigger them. And if you're not standing in the right place, it'll just hang for a moment while, you know, the, uh, you're the dwarf you're controlling is trying to get in the proper position to trigger the cutscene or the uh, dialogue or whatever. And I've had that happen a couple times where it didn't quite get in the right place and it just hung there for, I would, what, about, say, five or ten seconds. And then it would start playing. And also, pathing could be a little off at times, but then again, this is a very physics-based game, so when I had the pathing go really awry in the Sunday Sampler video... I'd actually wedged an orc in between two rocks. So my, the dwarf I was controlling would run around the rock, hit him, the, hit the orc in the back of the head, run around the rock again, hit the orc in the back of the oh, head again yeah, as saw, he turned around. I saw that part when he jumped up and you were yeah, like, yeah, I'm, sometimes this happens. The pathing like makes you get stuck. I, I hadn't had it uh, be that bad. Uh, that was the worst I've had it. Usually it's just a, a little bit of, yo, know, it's, Trying to go around something, it'll hang for a moment on an edge, you know, like an invisible wall. Yeah. And also, I had one sequence where, uh, uh, one of the guys were standing on something that was destructible, and he kept, uh, as he would, uh, hit it, uh, the uh, destructible thing would move slightly and it caused him to kind of slide off that surface. Yeah. And then when the, uh, the, uh, damage animation would finish playing and the, that little bit that it was standing on moved back, he would uh, snap back up, so he kind of you know jiggled back and forth uh, on the Z axis. Uh, nothing too major. I mean, it's a little annoyance, uh, particularly the bad one that I had in the video, but nothing game breaking for me. Yeah. Story wise, it's uh, pretty much a high fantasy. Uh, it is a little tough to follow if you're not a fan of the story, which I hadn't read the story or even heard of the novel beforehand. So, you know, uh, hearing them talk about cycles, it's like, okay, what the fuck is a cycle? You know, uh, is that a day, a year, a month? Or in reference to some other event? Yeah. So, uh, a little bit uh, tough to follow there. I will say the Cuber is a spot on, but then again, dwarves, if you're writing dwarves super serious without any humor in them whatsoever, in my opinion, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, dwarves are always sarcastic little shits. Sarcastic little shits, uh... Uh, that have, uh, you know, a little bit of a sense of humor, uh, even the most serious ones. Yeah, which is uh, part of what put, makes dwarves so great. Yeah. Yeah, let's put it this way. Uh, the uh, cutscene that you 
um, meet your first two companions who are named Bone Deer, Bone Dollar and Bone Dollar. Uh, they're a, a pair of twins with very similar names. <laughs> uh, you, you're fighting an orc and he just smacks away your weapon. And this uh, other dwarf comes in and uh, says, how could you lose your weapon? <laughs> <laughs> while he's ranting at you, uh, this orc is sneaking up behind him. And the orc raises his weapon and crunch. Uh, another weapon from off screen uh, kills the orc. The first dwarf turns around and says, Hey, you killed, you killed him. That one was mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that the little bits of humor are very spot on, but it is a very serious title there. And I look forward to seeing just where the story goes. And it's made me really reconsider my schedule for the, for my channel coming up because I kind of want to do this for the channel. <laughs> so you're going to have something that competes with RimWorld for uh, you at least. Yeah, for my game of the year, yeah. Ooh, even though interesting. I, even though I think RimWorld's still beating out slightly, just because uh, RimWorld's still a, a lot more of a challenge to me. Right. And also RimWorld is, you know, always throws something new at me. Right. While this is, yeah, you know, a very static experience. It's a very linear experience. There, the world map is kind of open. You know, th this uh, also ties into one other this. Uh, the, uh, where I talked about how some game mechanics kind of goes off of what they are trying to do with the game. Uh, okay. they have this thing called a prov uh, provision system where, you know, uh, your dwarves need to eat to be able to, uh, heal themselves. Uh, and if you take a lot of damage in a battle, you'll, uh, take injuries and it takes time on the world map, which is laid out like a, uh, like a giant board game almost. Uh, to uh, heal your uh, injuries. And to do that, you have to have provisions. If you don't have provisions, your injuries will stack up and you'll go into battle, you know, very injured. Granted, for some battles, that doesn't really matter because you just hang back and let the dwarves uh, heal up, you know, get uh, health regen going. Yeah. But uh, with that provision system, it makes it feel like you're rushing to get to the next town to be able to get your food. Granted, it's not something that's going to kill you outright if you uh, run out of provisions, but it is dangerous to do so. So it always felt like I was in a little bit of a rush, even though they were uh, made it seem like, oh, well, you may want to go over here and check this out. And there's uh, different events that could happen or a little um, many uh, stories that could happen. Like uh, I decided to go to a nearby town and I had this uh, little scene that played out where I spent the day uh, helping them reinforce their gate. And later on, that uh, played into a little bit of dialogue, which was uh, kind of neat. If I didn't go that way, that dialogue wouldn't have played. Right. So uh, that was a nice little touch. I, I really enjoyed this game. Yeah, I posted a comment on a YouTube video <laughs> yeah. that said uh, that you, you had sold me on this game already. So um, I don't know if I'll pay full price for it. I think the game looks worth it, but... I have so many games that I need to play right now. I probably yeah, really. will move it a little bit higher up on my priority list of games to buy. And, you know, it'll be on sale for 50% or more probably by the summer sale. Yeah, it, it is going to be, I believe it's going to be a $40 game. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's going to be 40 it, It's not on sale yet. It's actually going on sale the 1st, which will be Thursday. Yeah, so it'll be on sale when the, the podcast comes out. Yeah. 
But I really enjoyed it. I, I'll say check out the trailer because it gives you a good idea of what to expect. Yeah, that trailer is awesome. That might be the best trailer from this year and one of the better trailers <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really see, good. Yeah, and you see the uh, scene where you go, how could you lose your weapon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they had awesome music for the trailer too. Yeah. Yeah, they don't go uh, into the battle route for the actual game, thankfully. Because uh, going half fancy and then suddenly battle, yeah, for the uh, yeah, it just uh, wouldn't feel right. I don't think they would. Ha- it'd be very tough to pull off. Brutal Legend is probably the only game I've ever seen pull that off. Yeah, which oh, Brutal Legend. I, I love the first half of that game. Dis- I prefer uh, the second half. I, I love the first half. Dislike the second quarter, and I uh, got fed up and didn't even finish the last quarter. Right. Uh, the RTS element just wasn't there for Brutal Legend. Yeah. At least for me. I preferred the RTS to the, the third person if action I could have, RPG section. If I could have controlled everything with a mouse and keyboard, I would have probably, uh, yeah, found the RTS segments bearable. Yeah, I played that whole game with a controller, so. I just, I played plenty of console RTS, so I could do it. I mean, I'm not trying to say that a controller is better for RTS. It absolutely is not. But I, I have played my fair share of console RTS, so I was all right. I'm sure something more elegant, you know, for a more <laughs> civilized stage. Oh, a more elegant weapon for a more civilized era. <laughs> all right. Is that uh, it for dwarves? Yeah, I think that's it for the dwarves, unless you have anything you want to ask about it, because you did see the video. No, I don't have anything I want to ask. I mean, you did a good job of explaining it in the video, and you expounded here, so... Yeah, and they do swap out uh, hero units fairly frequently, so uh, I've went through... Well, the only ones that I've kept were the twins and the main character that you always have to keep. Yeah. And I'm not really going into the story that much because uh, it's... Uh, well, for one, I never finished it, so it's even four hours in, it's just starting to open up. Yeah. And also, there's a big twist that happens right before uh, the point that I recorded the video. So, yeah. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it because uh, it starts off very slow in the story, but it quickly picks up about, I would say, two hours in. Right. Okay. Cool. And speaking of story, that uh, takes two hours to get going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this is one that we both played this week. Uh, yeah, this is going to be uh, – well, this is already on your channel because you decided to be a cheeky little monkey and actually put a video out before me. Yeah. I did have a whole bunch of rendering on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, same here. Uh, I re- uh, on Sunday, I rendered two weeks worth of RimWorld, a week worth of uh, Space Marine, and this. Yeah. The Verity Original Sin. Yep. The the enhanced edition, not the yeah. original. Yeah. Well, Got to make sure you uh, specify that. Yeah. So this game can't like came out of nowhere at how good it was and how much I liked it. Like it is an, an isometric <laughs> uh ARPG. Yeah. And um normally I hate that type of game because of the isometric view and those games tend to be e- extremely dialogue heavy without having much voice acting, which is not necessarily a requirement, but it helps in games that are that huge. Um and, but what between the isometric view and the combat system, which this might be a feature in more modern games, but the classic isometric 
uh, ARPGs did not have, at least the ones that I've played, did not have possible combat systems. And I was always really frustrated by the view. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, crap, I don't, I can't see what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing, which is one of the reasons that like I dislike just the isometric view in Diablo, general. I imagine it's your hell. Yeah, I don't really like Diablo very much. Uh, and as we learned from Path of Exile, when we did that for the game club, I just couldn't <laughs> play it because of that fact. But Divinity has a turn-based combat system, so the isometric view is much less important in terms of, you know... And you're able to move around the camera to, you know, get a good view of things. Yeah, and it's got a 100% free camera, and you can make it a top-down camera if you so desire. And that can be useful for combat, because if you even, like, slightly miss the silhouette of the opponent you're trying to attack, you'll run instead of doing an attack. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, between the combat system and the adjustable camera angle and the quality of the voice acting and just kind of the silliness that exists in the story. Um, that cat mage. Yeah. Plus this the mechanic where that you can talk or you talk to your own party and mm-hmm. have little discussions which can affect your stats and you can disagree and argue and and that sort of thing. Like, it's just really fun. And it allows for some interesting role-playing if you're in single-player. And then, you know, when we play together, it's like, oh, I think we should do this. And then I'm like, ho-ho, no, I want to do this because I'm mischievous. <laughs> and it's it's really fun. Plus, the game is gorgeous. It handles really well. It has really good writing on it as well. Yeah. Uh, usually, uh, one of the options is at least pretty silly. Yeah. Whatever you go into dialogue. There's a ton of character customization that you can do right off the bat with actually creating a, a character class and that sort of thing. And the the thing for me that is probably going to cost us a lot of time is the crafting system is really – it seems to be really in-depth with – Yeah, you've just been saying they're cooking random fish. Yeah. So <laughs> on the game that we played together, I spent probably, what, 45 minutes off-screen crafting things. Yeah, I hope you haven't gone too far uh, single-player. I haven't. I mean, I'm a little bit farther in the single-player game than where we were. Like, I already Granted, told you, you where no I was. you have no idea where we're going to be going. No, I already told you where I was, and I have not progressed farther than that. But, I mean, I started a new game, redid my character creation, and I've spent, like, five hours, like, genuinely about five hours in the starting town looting everything and crafting stuff. <laughs> I have, like, 300 food items that I've that I've cooked. And I'm just like, ooh, what can I make? I thought you were supposed to be moving or going there to uh, investigate a murder, not moving there to become their town chef. <laughs> nope, I'm become the master chef. Oh, I did also find the the rogue or the ranger person. Yeah. Um, and I like her. I haven't found the mage yet, <laughs> so I don't know if I want the mage in our co-op game or if I want the ranger. But I like, I really what, like you're the ranger. Me? No, maybe. <laughs> but I really like the ranger's personality. She's cool. And I mean, I won't yeah. say anything to spoil the spoil it, but she's a really cool character. Um, well, uh, my companion is Medora, uh, the warrior. Yeah. Uh, basically, Creole with a, a giant two handed sword. Yeah, I originally didn't like her, but once I listened to her dialogue when we were yeah, recording, you just skipped through her dialogues like, oh, why would I like her? <laughs> yeah, no, she's pretty cool. She's also the only close combat character that we have in our party because I'm playing yeah. a, a mage. And you're playing a ranger, which is mm-hmm. the equivalent of an archer class in yeah. other games. Yeah, don't worry. We'll have uh, something else that will be close combat shortly. Okay. 
you're not going to like it, but we'll have something. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so I let's just put it this way: I'm going to be summoning something that you'll uh, hate me for. Okay. And it may have more than four legs. Oh. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. I'm usually okay with video game spiders. Yeah, we'll see about this. Like, the spiders in Skyrim don't bother me. Well, they don't bother me much. Sometimes they kind of creep me out a little bit, but I get to, like, burn them to death with magic, so that's okay. Yeah, but the spider's going to be our side, so you can't burn it to... Well, you could burn it to death, but... Is the spider a constant, like, summon? Is it a companion? Uh, no, it lasts only a few turns. Okay. But it'll be something to for more interesting fights. I could summon it off at a distance and keep something tied up. Right. If you pardon the pun. <laughs> well, being a mage at the start of the game is definitely incredibly beneficial. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, that yeah, your character... Yeah you're, hitting, yeah, you're hitting harder than me, but I'm uh, more consistent damage. So yeah. in bigger fights, I'd be uh, better off. And I'm also not using my special uh, arrows, which I'm stockpiling. Yeah. I am... Uh... I was I was looking at all the different perks and everything. I can't wait to get the glass cannon perk. Oh god. That's basically the build I make in every RPG that I play is a glass cannon. In other words, I should uh, stock up on the resurrection scrolls. That would probably be helpful. But I mean, I've, I'm the only one right now with a heal. Yeah. Well, no, I do have a heal. It's just uh, not very strong. Oh, okay. You do have a heal. All right. Regardless, I really really enjoy this game and it is not the kind of game that I enjoy. It's probably going to go <laughs> As my um, the well, the topic that Big you surprise. added to the yeah, uh, the surprise uh, of the year. Wanna, yeah, you may want to blank that out then if you want to keep that a surprise. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. It's too much work. I the <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that will probably be my surprise of the year. Like how much I actually enjoy that game. And I am gonna have a single player game that splits off from the multiplayer game and do my own thing. But yeah, hopefully you do wait a little bit so we could get a little bit further. Then you can <laughs> just go nuts. Or yeah, you're just going to sit in town and uh, craft fish all day. Yeah, that's uh, that might be what happens. I don't know. I've got a lot of money too. I've got. Well, like, you don't have to split it. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got more than both of us combined, though. Well, you also spent five hours looting the town. That's true. I spent a I long time. Show, I just showed you that one uh, room to go to. Yeah, I did spend a long time looting. There's another room in that building, too, that the, the guard captain doesn't let you in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that one's not as easy to get into. No, but it probably has some good loot, too. Neither yeah. of us are sneaky characters, though, so I'm not sure how that would work. Well, there is the rogue that we could get for your uh, companion. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably check out the mage online before we record next time All just right. to see. Or maybe go find him in my single-player game and talk to him just to see if I like him. But I really do like the rogue character. I like her backstory. And I like the uh, way you that mean she the just, Oh yeah, sorry, the ranger. Yeah, um, the rogue is uh, a mute. Yeah, I I found him. Also, I don't really like him very much. I mean, he probably is a fine character. Just I don't. He doesn't suit my playstyle mm -hmm. or my personality. But the ranger—that's who I meant. I really liked her when I found her. She's really sweet. <laughs> it's just because she's so innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't sneak up on her. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I've done most of the talking at this point. Do you have anything you want to say or add? or? Uh, not really, because uh, you've been so enthusiastic about this game. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, I played it 10 hours this past week. Um, yeah, and the interesting thing that 
Uh, we may want to look into for the second one once it comes out of early access because th- these games are games that you, I, I really don't think you want to play in early access. Uh, you may want to get it to support the developers and to get it a little bit cheaper, perhaps. Yeah. But the second game in the series has four-player co-op. Ooh, that would be fun. Who could we rope but, in to be our other two? Well, I know one person that would uh, want to be right away. Who? Kyle. Kyle? Oh, God. There's no <laughs> there's no fuel, and I don't think he can jump in water. So I don't know what he's going to do if he can't drown himself or annoy well, us with petty gifts. No, 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 no. The, the, the combat system is right up Kyle's alley. He, he could uh, launch a, uh, uh, a uh, barrel of poison uh, ooze. And then send it on fire to vaporize it, then send it on fire again to make it explode. Tell me that's not Kyle. That is definitely Kyle, you're right. That's another that, thing I really... that, yeah, that, the, yeah, we didn't really get into the combo system for uh, this. Yeah. Where, uh, for example, if you put down a uh, water, uh, if you could get a rain spell to make er- everyone wet. Yeah. Wait for Jared to snicker. Weak. Uh, and also, put, uh, it leaves puddles on the ground. And you could uh, shock the puzzles to um, uh, yeah, shock people that are standing in it. Yeah. Uh, making uh, characters wet, warm, uh, affects their elemental resistances. And also, you could freeze the puddles to make it so that characters will fall down. Yeah, and when they but, fall down, it might take them several turns to get back up. Uh, but here's the thing, is that if you have nails... You actually craft them with your boots to make spiked boots. Oh, that's interesting. To be able to walk on ice without falling. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's all the little things. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the original Dragon Age uh, combat system where they have the combos. Yeah. Only they go a lot more in-depth with it. Yeah. And the fact that you have alternate ways of doing it, you could... Uh, get well in the enhanced edition. You could get a Molotov cocktail to throw at someone, or you could get a, a jar of oil to throw at someone to light it up later. Yeah, those are really handy because I went with a, a fire water mage, which doesn't really synergize all that much. But I mean, I didn't care because that's the kind of character I wanted to play. Um, so I can just get like oil flasks and things and throw them on the ground and to make well, fire pits. I, well, you're going to love me because uh, one of the spells I'll get or I can get is an oil slick. Yeah, that's in whatever the ground. Geomancy. Yeah, geomancy. Which that's yeah, the, the default. Yeah, the magic is yeah the magic is split up into uh, air, earth, water, fire, uh, ground. Uh, uh, yeah, fire. Uh, and also then there's uh, essentially uh, witchcraft, which is uh, a lot of weakening and a lot of sapping of life. Yeah. And there's one other school of magic, too. Um, it's whatever the cleric. Telekinesis. Oh, telekinesis? There's yeah, also water, one. Water is healing. Oh, water. Okay. Then you water have is healing and some, and, uh, some damage. Uh, it's uh, Water is ice and healing, essentially. Right. Fire is just damage. It's yeah. got some negative status effects, but I was looking at the spell table, and it's almost entirely damage, which is what I like. Yeah, Geomancy has a lot of summons, uh, some uh, status effects and that sort of thing, with some damage on it. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't wait for Saturday when we record again. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. Well, if that's all you've got to say about it, I'll move on to my other two games, which are both all short. Right. Um, so the other game that I, or the second game for the, me this week is Superstar. This is a visual novel, animu, um, management game. You are a talent agent. Well, damn, I'm, I'm at the age gate for it and damn. <laughs> Yeah, you are, you're a talent agent who meets this girl and she wants to be a superstar and so you make her a superstar and the management aspects are like, you know, do you make her a singer, a model, a porn star, like. Well, I can see where they're leaning towards with all the art. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but it's terrible. I refunded it. It was so bad. Wow. Um, the, the visuals are fine. The management portion of the game is I don't know. I think they just wanted to cram some gameplay into a, a visual novel about sexy times. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's functional. It's not bad. But why are the well, games... Well, if you go to the screenshot section of this, uh, it's tits all over the place. Yeah, it is. But uh, what makes the game so bad is uh, it has a bad case of the English. Oh, God. Really bad. Like, if it was kind of a little bit like tongue-in-cheek joke or whatever, you know, that would be okay. Or if it was just occasional, like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they did an in-house translation and they didn't quite yeah, get sort of like how, uh, whenever they were swapping the gender of, uh, the white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland, this is actually something I forgot. Uh, they missed a couple of places where they said, uh, should have changed he to she. Yeah. Um, but so anyways, if it was just like, you know, every once in a while they made a mistake or whatever, that's fine. That wouldn't bother me. But it's every single sentence i don't think i don't remember a single sentence that i saw in the first 40 minutes of the game that wasn't wrong and eventually i was like i don't care how good all of the rest of the aspects of this game might turn out to be i can't stand it um i just like i was so mad like yeah i'm looking at some of the screenshots and damn uh yeah Go ahead. This one sentence uh, just needs uh, a couple words and it'd be okay, but. Some of them are awful. Some of them are just nonsense gibberish that doesn't make any yeah. sense. So, like, sometimes I'd be like, okay, well, th- maybe this is supposed to be this word and then that sentence makes sense. Um, or it just needs some punctuation here and there to break up the sentences. And then some of it is like, I don't know what you're saying. I have no idea what this is supposed to mean. Translation? And then you're. And then you're trying to like make decisions based off of these nonsense sentences. It's just it's terrible. So I refunded it, which is sad. Because I mean, obviously this game is up my alley. Otherwise, really. <laughs> um, the other game I played is uh, Transport Fever. Obviously, Transport Fever is my current big podcast game because I've got to the point where that like the music from the game is just background noise and. I don't care to listen to the sounds of the trains and everything anymore. Um, so basically, I'm just plucking away at achievements. I got to the year 2000, um, and, and I'm working on getting now again to the year 2000 without taking out any loan money. I've got all of the money achievements, some of the city achievements. I'm also currently working on a game that's um, the hard, hard mode achievements. Uh, just plucking away at it. It's fun. I'm basically like now kind of at the stage where I can very easily, at least in in normal mode and obviously in easy, 
uh, create uh, a a transport network that is self-sustaining. Um, so now I'm just like messing with things. Like, okay, can I make like this line that works all crazy, or like, can I make this line that looks really weird, or you know, like trying to push the limits of certain aspects of the game, or or just let uh, the kid, uh, the king, uh, run things for a while. Um, actually, his games are doing pretty well. Uh, since passenger lines work a lot better now, I'll, I'll usually like if he wants to do something that's really stupid, it's like, well, how about we make this passenger line? It's like right next to it, and he's like, yeah. So then we do that, and then that line makes money. And I mean, I'm playing with his game on easy, just mm-hmm. so that you know it. It's really, really hard to lose money on easy. Um, I mean, if you're first starting, it can be difficult, but, you know, for someone like me who's already played the game for 70 hours and played the previous one for almost 100, it's like, yeah, easy mode, no problem. I can take any map and make money on that. So, but, I mean, I'm still enjoying playing it. Still enjoying playing it with the kid. Fun game. Can't wait to get into mods. The only thing that frustrates me, and I know why they did this, because there's a lot of really cheaty mods, but you can't earn any achievements with mods on um, oh, so they went the civilization route. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of the achievements are based around doing things that are genuinely tough, but it's like, oh, well, I can just get this mod that gives me everything for free, and I don't have to pay yeah. maintenance costs. And it's like, well, you basically just broke the game. You can get all of the achievements with that one mod. So, but, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get into some mods. I should just start a modded game anyways and play it. I've got, like, five active games right now, and it's like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I just want to relax and listen to a podcast? Or do I want to work on this challenge or achievement? So, it's fun. I love it. Still playing it like crazy. I need to install Divinity on my laptop and see if it'll run on my laptop. <laughs> you can't escape uh, Divinity Original Sin. It's become your thing now. I have to be your really careful. I don't want to burn out on it. Because we've yeah, got many, 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 yeah. many recording sessions to go. I don't know yeah, how that, long that, the yeah, game that's... is, but at the rate we're playing, it will take us a long time. Well, shall I tell you how long it is? Sure. You do that while I pour myself another glass of water out of my carafe. Uh, main story, 65 hours. I was joking when I said, yeah, we'll be playing this for the next six months. Well, if we actually managed to pound it out in 65 hours, that would be... Well, main plus extra, uh, according to... Uh, how long to beat? It's 83 hours. A completionist run is 108 hours. So if we did, if we did a completionist run, that's a whole year's worth of recordings if we yeah. can match the time that they say that you can do it. And I feel like we're playing really slowly. And that, well, that's the median time. Yeah. So we've got a while. So I don't want to burn out on it right now. Yeah, that's why like, I'm kind of, uh, trying to keep you from going absolutely nuts with it no i'm not i'm not gonna go crazy I, and also i don't want you to ruin things and you know it's like oh well, i remember this from my single player game and yeah you know, it's more fun to have the blind uh experience yeah that's why i'm uh, uh looking forward to getting past uh the opening area which is where i've uh, spent all my time yeah the opening area and the uh the surrounding uh short area no i'm thinking about the the plot MacGuffin, when you go, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, spoilers for like fifteen seconds. When you go to the sky after you find the yeah the blood gem, that bit. I've done that bit in my single player game, like by accident, like I just stumbled mm-hmm. into it. 
but I haven't progressed any farther with it. Yeah, I've uh, done that before as well, so uh, no big spoilers there for me. Yeah. Okay, well, that wraps up my games. Um, if you're wrapped up, then... Yeah, uh, I think it's time to go into the game club. Also subtitled, Let's Agree to Disagree. Yeah. Okay, so the game club game for this month was Skyrim. Um, I have compiled a list of nine questions to help guide us through our discussion. <laughs> We've had little snippets of discussion, both yeah. off of any recording and also sometimes on the recordings that we do themselves. So if we repeat anything that we've said before, just we're just going to go through it all now. So also, obviously, massive spoilers for like everything in the game. Yep. And probably some other games too, because uh, I want to talk let's about go, some of the especially other. the Elder Scrolls series. Yeah, yeah, pretty much anything in the Elder Scrolls series is free game for spoilers. So you have been warned. Okay, so the first question that I had was: since this game really changed how we're handling Game Club from now on, I yeah. thought yeah, I would just put a little question at the beginning: is uh, what this game did for us in Game Club? Um, well, it pointed out a flaw at Game Club, and also it really pointed out that Game Club was taking over way too much of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, basically we were giving up an hour to an hour and a half for every every other episode to Game Club. Yeah. Which is is fun and all for a little while, but, I mean, it really was starting to overwhelm the majority of our episodes. And it was starting to make Particularly us... Particularly when we had interesting stuff. Yeah, and it was starting to make us feel overwhelmed, too. You in particular, but I know I would have gotten there eventually well, because... Well, it's also... Um... I think me in particular for this game because I was trying to play as oh, pretty much vanilla and I still went pretty vanilla with the game overall. But oh, I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, Skyrim is by far my least favorite of the Elder Scrolls series. Yeah, you have not made that a secret. Elder Scrolls is, or Elder Scrolls, Skyrim is my second favorite. Um, Oblivion is my favorite of the Elder Scrolls series. And there are some things that I think Obli- or that Skyrim did better than Oblivion, but overall, I prefer yeah, I, Oblivion. I'm not going to say that Skyrim is, uh, uh, yeah, a terrible game. It does have its moments, but yeah, what we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be getting into that. Yeah, we will be. But really, I mean, Skyrim just opened up one a flaw with the way that we do Game Club, and two a flaw in ourselves. Like, you were really concerned about having massive burnout because we were playing Skyrim nonstop for two weeks to try and get enough hours to really dive into this game and you were like I can't take it I can't take it anymore yeah. yeah I was about to just go look up things and yeah to uh to be able to talk about this three weeks ago yeah so and the thing is I still had to look up some things because the game fucking uh, it does broken stupid things yeah I didn't have to do that because I've played Skyrim well let's just go ahead and transition into the second question because I think that's everything that it did for us the second question was an ex- our experience and brief opinion of the game prior to Game Club and I played Skyrim for roughly 500 hours before Game Club um, and like yeah, I said I, it's my second uh, favorite of the series so I mean I've completed yeah, I had, pretty much everything in the game except for maybe some random little side quests yeah, I had I about 25 hours in Skyrim and most of that was me Wadding it all to hell until it breaks, trying to enjoy it because honestly, I, uh, the fan made content to me is a lot better than what the base game is. Right. There is some really good fan made content for Skyrim, and I'm sure we'll talk about that with the mods question, um, yeah. a little bit, but 
Um, I guess really that's a brief opinion. Okay, well, the next question is mine. I mean, we're going through these first ones, but questions four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Oh, trust me. Once we get to to question five, I'm going to be on it for a while. Yeah. Um, And mods might take us a little bit, too. So what – I mean, we're going to put our mods lists in the show notes. But, I mean, generally what mods did you use and why? Most of my mods were either quality of life things, things like being able to whistle for your horse so it'll uh, come up to you. Or uh, summon the horse if it's too far away. Uh, some visual enhancements to make it a little bit prettier because I was playing the standard edition while you're playing the enhanced edition. Right. Uh, and uh, the main content mod I was uh, using, uh, technically it's a content mod, is a companion called uh, Veldra, uh, who has more dialogue than every other single fucking companion in this game combined times ten. <laughs> I'm sorry, but after hearing Lydia say, well, I've never seen this before, after about the 20th time, I just want to turn around and knock her over the head with a great hammer. Yeah, I understand that. I used, uh, in that respect, I used a mod, I forget what it's called um, off the top of my head, but it was a mod that um, was a huge dialogue expansion for all the existing characters in the game. Someone had went in and like pieced, basically pieced together dialogue from you know characters that had the same voice actor. Um and made them sound like your companions or other important characters that you talk to. Mm-hmm. And Lydia has like 40 or 50 new lines um, for pretty much every so single situation. So that means situation. she has about 45 lines total? <laughs> well, no, it's probably it's probably closer to 100 lines that Lydia has now. So you do get some repetition for sure, but you don't yeah, but... get every single time, I'm sworn to carry your burdens. Or I've never seen that before. Yeah. Those were the two I heard the most. and Or even just the shopkeepers. The fact that every single shopkeeper, even if they have different voices, says the exact fucking same line. Yeah, it adds it adds new lines to them as well. Although it's less than companions. They really focus granted, on the companions uh, for that mod. Uh, granted, uh, Skyrim is by far better than Oblivion did with their voice actors. Yeah. But... The fact that the uh, different voice actors are saying the same line doesn't make it feel like they're different voice actors. It makes it feel like they're the same person. And, boy, I'm really bridging to uh, question five right now. I know, but, I mean, this kind of falls under mod discussion. You can rehash it if you want in question five. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but let's uh, see. Quality of life things. Uh, and just a little visual improvements. Like, since I played an archer, you know, big surprise there, um, I added a mod that made it so that arrows didn't disappear pretty much immediately. So... Uh, whenever I was fighting a dragon, it looked like an archer fighting a dragon. It looked more porcupine than dragon when it finally like, died. Like a pin cushion. Yeah. Um, a lot of the mods that I did were immersion mods. Um, a couple of my favorites, uh, the dialogue one, I would count that as immersion. Uh, another one was um, a no loading screen mod for uh, cities. Yeah, open cities. For yeah, open cities. Which meant that you basically the gates just opened and you can walk inside. There were a few other areas outside of cities that that worked in, like certain really really big dungeons and stuff. Um, but it, it was mostly just the cities. But that was nice. I like that. Uh, it that actually caused a few problems whenever you had to load scripted events. The game would freak out and and sometimes yeah, it would which crash. Is why I don't use a, a city changing mods like that unless they've been you know really vetted and I wasn't going to spend the time to that you know a mod set for this when honestly i don't really care for skyrim 
Yeah. Sometimes it would crash, but I mean, that was in, I played for about 50 or 60 hours. Um, and it crashed. I played three times. 30. Yeah. I, I had it crash more often, but it was more, my problems were with the game were either, well, let's put it this way. At one point I had a mammoth fall out of the sky. <laughs> nice. And the thing is, I have no idea why it fell out of the sky because I was running pretty much no mods at that point. So that's base game doing that. Yeah. At least that was a free uh, mammoth test for that one quest. Yeah. I, um. Let's see. Uh, I also had, well, I had the Dark Brotherhood just, the quest line never starting. Yeah, which, you told me about that. Which, honestly, uh, that was the final straw for me. I haven't played Skyrim since. Because I spent an evening just trying to get the Dark Brotherhood to start up. And yes, I did Innocence Lost, and I've completed that. I, I waited a, a couple days in game. Uh, the courier, courier never showed up. They never kidnapped me. It's like, come on, I'm right here. I tried different beds. I tried uh, sleeping in uh, my house, which I, since I don't have the DLC, it's uh, Windhelm. Yeah, you know, the uh, or Breeze Home, the uh, the uh, the that one in white uh, run. I wonder um, if the courier got killed, like he spawned somewhere and died. Well, well that well, that's the thing is I checked, and even if the courier courier doesn't get to me, the quest should still fire. So it's you know, it's not the cure uh, not showing up uh, killing that. It's the quest just not firing, and the workaround is to. Go wherever the hell they kidnap you and put in uh, two or three console commands. But at, by that point, I'd already tried to get this to work for a couple of hours and I went off and done some things, which pers- I'll be perfectly honest. I had absolutely no interest in doing any of the other quests I had at this point. So I was done. Right. Uh, some of the other mods that I used were some quality of life stuff. Like um, I got a mod that basically fixed the 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 blacksmithing or the crafting system um yeah i did have a meltdown mod where you could melt down weapons but i never really used it yeah that was part of the mod you could melt down weapons and other equipment to create bars um it gave you experience in the the crafting tree for every step so you got like a tiny bit of experience for if you went and mined things you got a little bit of experience for using the smelter and then it also gave you experience for um upgrading your weapons and armor and using the um, the skinning thing because that didn't always give you experience um, and one of them didn't give you experience at all yeah and uh, it fixed that so you got experience for all of those yeah the crafting is just uh, uh, we'll be getting into some of the stupid decisions uh, design wise that this game has yeah plus the mod added like craftable arrows and stuff like that that it's like yeah, the, yeah why the weren't those in the original game yeah, yeah why couldn't you craft arrows yeah. Because pretty much the the way most people play this game is an archer of some sort. Yeah. Also, I used the unofficial Skyrim patch. That yeah, was, I did use yeah. that as well. That's... I, I, had the, I had the unofficial Skyrim patch when it started rain, raining mammoths. <laughs> yeah. The um, one thing that, that I, I didn't really put a place to put this, but we should probably talk about it, is the differences in the... Uh, the remaster from the original. Um, I actually played both a little bit just to get a handle on. It's mostly just visual, isn't it? Um, it's mostly visual. They actually did fix a decent amount of bugs that plagued the original game. It also is a 64. In other words, they just they just incorporated the uh, unofficial Skyrim bug fix. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also 
Uh, it's a 64-bit game now instead of 32, so if you're going to use mods, you can use a lot more before the game crashes, at least from overloading memory. <laughs> I was about to say, um, yeah, about that. Um, there was a problem that I didn't really experience. Um, there was an audio... The sound issue. Uh, huh? uh, the sound issue. Oh, the, yeah. The, there was the... some sort of audio thing that made the quality worse, but I didn't notice it. Even comparing the two. Well, then you must be deaf. I might be. Uh, I, I listened to some of the uh, comparisons. Yeah. Oh, it, it it sounded like they encoded them at about 64 hertz. It was a little bit quieter. That was one thing I did notice. The audio was it, definitely it wasn't quieter. The quiet, it was just garbled. See, I never experienced that issue. Because um, I originally I played it for a little bit without the official Skyrim or the unofficial Skyrim patch just to see, but... I never experienced maybe the garbled audio. Got, maybe you just weren't paying enough attention because, trust me, once you started paying attention, there was oh, maybe was I do skip a lot of the dialogue because one, I can read faster than they talk, uh, and two, yeah, I've played the game for five hundred plus hours, so I know what they're saying. Um, yeah, well, there you go. You were skipping it then. I listened to the opening sequence though, and I didn't notice anything there. So I don't know. I do tend to be lucky though when it comes to game breaking bugs. Like, No Man's Sky, like, most people were like, this game won't even run for me. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. It's got some frame skips every once in a while. So I I, I just yeah, chalked that one up well, to luck. And, well, also, No Man's Sky had no content. <laughs> we will get there much later. Um, So, yeah. One big difference, though, when it comes to mods is that the remaster doesn't have uh, Steam Workshop support. They're using Bethesda's baked-in mod thing that's on the console yeah, versions. no, thank you. Um, I will say that at least right now, I mean, they could do anything to it that can make it bad, but right now, it's actually pretty good. I mean, it's it's already up to several hundred supported mods on the PC uh, version. After what Bethesda tried to do with uh, mods uh, a couple of years ago, I do not trust them with mod support. Yeah. And it's actually an insult that they tried to sell uh, user mods when honestly that's what make their what makes their game actually worth half a damn. Well, on that second part about worth half a damn I disagree, but well we're we're almost there. Well, that's there. why we have the subtitle for this. <laughs> we're almost there. Um but so yeah, the the one thing that I think that it does really well is that um, a good thing over the Steam Workshop is that it checks mod compatibility for you. And will warn you whenever you have mods that that don't work together or shouldn't well, work there's together. Well, third party uh, uh, mod managers that does that as well. You can, but there's a lot less people that use the Nexus mod manager. At least that's the only one that I know of. I don't know if Skyrim got its own mod manager. I think it went full Nexus by that point. But, anyways, I don't know as many people that use that. Um, that would be an interesting question for the audience. Do you guys use the? If you do play Skyrim, do you use the Nexus Mod Manager or the Steam Workshop, or do you just do it yourself? But uh, so yeah, I think that's about the, really there all all there is about mods. Um, I mean, generally, we both used quality of life, and you did some visual stuff, and then I did yeah. just did some immersive stuff. Um, I, I'm going to go in like I've got a list of mods that I want to use, but I was waiting until after we were done because we wanted to keep it relatively close to the standard experience because mods I mean Skyrim you can do anything with mods that's basically what it is Skyrim is a platform for crazy mods so 
after we're, we're done and I go back and continue to play it, I'm going to add some more mods to the mix that are a little bit more crazy, like revamping yeah, the magic up, system. Yeah, I came up with an analogy that it feels like Skyrim is a sandwich shop and the base game is them handing you two slice of, slices of bread and maybe a little bit of mustard on it and say, okay, bring your own uh, uh, meat. Right. So that's that's how it analogy. feels to me. That's how it feels to me is that the real meat is the user-made stuff. Yeah. And uh, the vanilla stuff is rather tasteless bread with a little bit of mustard on it. <laughs> well, I disagree with you. And we're going to move to question number four, things that you like. I really, really like Skyrim Story. <laughs> All of it. There are some parts that are, you know, a little less great um, and some things just, that don't quite make sense. But I'm like, love it. I just never got invested in the uh, main story at all. I never touched the Civil War stuff at all. I The Civil War honestly, stuff is like the best part of the game in my opinion. So good. Honestly, it feels like the engine would be holding back the Civil War stuff. I would have much rather seen them do uh, Skyrim and a different engine so that they could have you know, more than four or five people show up <laughs> at a major battle. For the Enhanced Edition, there's a mod... That um, change like that really goes in and revamps the Civil War system, and you like yeah, it adds like for, random uh, battles and ramps up the amount of people that are in every battle that you do. Yeah, there's one for the standard edition as well, but you can't really run anything else because you know, it kind of breaks the game. Yeah, but I mean, even the base storyline, I think that's well, the best thing about the game. Uh, I just love I, like the political just... push pull tension. Especially in the beginning when you can kind of hop back and forth before you're forced to choose a side. Actually, I never chose a side. And I completed the story. I never chose a side. Yeah, well, in the main story, there's that if you haven't completed the Civil War. No, 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 no. Uh, you have a option to skip that. Skip the, the, the meeting? Uh, you have a meeting and uh, you're not really forced to choose a side. You can kind of go down the middle. Oh, yeah, no, you can force a, a ceasefire or... You know, a, yeah. a temporary truce to deal with the dragons. Yeah, that's what I did. I never uh, engaged in the Civil War, so uh, I had the Peace Summit. Honestly, uh, I think my main problem uh, with Skyrim uh, story is that I never really felt invested in it. It felt like my character should have gotten the fuck out of there. Yeah. Skyrim... And they, and they never really uh, sold me on... okay. Why should I give a damn about staying here? Yeah. I think the big problem, I guess we should just combine things we like and things we dislike because we're going to wander back and forth between the two. Um, the thing that, that I think really hurt a lot of people's buy-in was the intro because – You mean the you mean 10 minutes of sitting there watching them uh, spout exposition? Well, not only yeah, that, yeah. but they don't do anything to endear you to either side. The Imperials still try to kill you, and yeah. then the Stormcloaks – like. You don't know anything about them except that their leader, Ulfric, is a traitor based on, you know, what you learned. It's like, well, both of these sides seem like they suck. These guys want to kill me, and this guy is disloyal and a crazy person. Yeah, and, they, and the storm clubs uh, tend to call me milk drinker for some reason. I'm just saying they're going, meow. <laughs> that does make sense for you. I play, I play a high elf because, obviously, magic bonuses. And they all hate me because they're racist. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that uh, both sides just aren't endearing. 
I've realized that it is shades of gray, that there isn't a, a good side to, uh, for either for this conflict, well, really the or the dragons or anything, but oh, it's just they they never really sold me on any of this. Yeah, I'll give you that and, one. It's got a tough time with the buy-in. Basically, you have to invest yourself. And then, uh, and it's not even uh, the stormcloaks and the imperials. It's the fucking blades as well. Yeah, the blades is the blades are, are a bunch of dicks. Are they're really frustrating? Because that line, that quest line closes down if you refuse to kill Parthenax. You just can't do anything with him anymore. I mean, there are mods that fix that, but in the base game, it's like, well, here's your choice. Either you kill Parthenax, and you can go do the rest of the cool blade stuff. Because, I mean, you get to rebuild the blades order if you follow that quest line. You get to recruit yeah. people to be blades, and then you can go on dragon hunting quests and things like that. But if you don't kill Parthenax, you can't do any of that. They're just like, well, screw you. You must be on their side. It's stupid. Because I don't want to kill Parthenax. I like Parthenax. He's a cool dude. Well, for a dragon. Yeah, he's a cool dude for a dragon. Um, I really enjoy Skyrim's combat system. Oh, this is I... one of the areas that I prefer it to Oblivion, particularly okay. the magic. The sword combat system is roughly the same. Um, I mean, the Skyrim combat system looks better because yeah. it's newer. Yeah, uh, Skyrim's combat is a uh, wave weapon uh, enemy until uh, either you fall or it falls if you're melee combat. Yeah, but the magic systems are vastly different between Skyrim and Oblivion. I, I will admit that being able to dual-wield weapons or dual-wield well, weapons and spells or a combination of the two uh, was quite the game-changer for the Elder Scrolls series because before that it was... You either had a weapon out or you had your magic out. You didn't have both out. You you couldn't really be an effective spell sword, for example. Yeah, it was difficult to be a battle mage, which is kind of but, my favorite class. But but then they kind of really gimped things. They took out a spellcrafting altogether, as, uh, as far as I could tell. Yeah, that's one of the things that I hate. I mean, there are mods that add it back yeah, and yeah, add huge numbers of never, spells. But, but it never really uh, works all that well. They also simplified magic quite a bit, and they took out... A lot of the magic that helped you be sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. You can't unlock a locks with magic anymore like you could in Oblivion and Morrowind. Yeah. And unless I just haven't found it, there's no chameleon spell either. There's only invisibility, which is fine. Yeah. But when you move, you lose your invisibility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no chameleon whatsoever. And, uh, you could, if you had high end enchanting in Oblivion, you could break the game by getting a hundred percent chameleon. Yeah. That's how that's how I like to beat the game is go 100% chameleon for that last fight, just run through the oblivion gates. But I do like the enchanting system better in Skyrim. Um, it does lose uh, some of the custom I, ability. I yeah, I wish that it didn't have it where uh, if you do the spell or a spell like it, you would unlock that uh, enchantment as well. Because that seems rather silly. That okay, I could throw a fireball. Why can't I enchant a staff to? Uh, uh, launch a fireball yeah that, that should be really the same spell shouldn't it yeah well i mean you can do that you can enchant fire weapons if you know fire and things it's all of the armor yeah, effects to, that you yeah, have to break to, down weapons yeah, you have to break down a lot of stuff to be able to get effects and there's really no other way to do it as far as i know and even at, uh alchemy they took out a lot of ways to learn about alchemy before in the elder Scrolls series as you load a vault up alchemy you would uh, start to unlock the effects, you know, you would uh, uh, know the first effect on all the uh, items if you were so far into alchemy. 
And this, you have to go in pretty far into the alchemy tree, the skill tree, which uh, the, the entire UI is just a clusterfuck on PC. Yes, I realize it's all right on consoles. But I'm not playing on a fucking console, now am I? The UI doesn't bother me at all. Probably. Well, I don't know. I, I, well, well, I can't say. It doesn't bother say... you because you're playing with a controller. No, I'm not playing with really a controller. Important. I play with a mouse and keyboard. Uh, I thought you said you were playing with a controller with this. No, I, I said I might. But I just kept going with mouse and keyboard and I found it fine. Oh, it's just, uh, well, uh, briefly getting on. Uh, well, we'll finish with the, the alchemy. Then I'll uh, start ranting on the UI. Right. Uh, the alchemy, uh, you have to get 40 uh, skill in in order to unlock that talent where you are able to taste something and learn the effects. Something that up until this point has been a base fucking feature of alchemy in the previous Elder Scrolls series. But in comparison to the previous series, you can experiment and learn the effects that way. I don't think you could do that. At least yes, not in you, could. you could in Oblivion? Yes. I don't remember being able to do that. Yeah, you could uh, experiment and learn the effects or uh, get the potions to be able to say, okay, mixing these two together gave me this effect. So, yeah, I, we know the effects of those. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, alchemy is a step backward. Enchanting is a step sideways, in my opinion, because they, they do some things that I like, some things I don't. Uh, the fact that they uh, have proper uh, stabs is nice. Yeah. Because I don't think that they had them in the previous Elder Scrolls. They didn't in Oblivion. Uh, uh, We're not counting the Daedric artifacts. No. Like Wabajack. Yeah, they didn't have them in Oblivion. I think Morrowind had stabs, though. Morrowind had a huge plethora of weapons and things. Yeah, Morrowind had a lot of different weapons that uh, and skill sets that they removed. And they've just been whittling away at the Elder Scrolls series for years. Yeah. Before before we go to the UI, before we get off on that, I do want to say while we're kind of here, okay. I love the leveling system in Skyrim. That's probably uh, the, my favorite yeah, the, change from the older games. It's like, why do I have to level up skills that I don't want to use in order to get points that will help me with the skills that I do want to use? Yeah, the uh, leveling system up until this point has been a little weird. It's If you wanted to stay low level, it was very easy to set up your character to do that. Yeah. But required a little bit more knowledge than I think most gamers would have uh, wanted to have going in. I will agree that the leveling system is better. And mechanically, Skyrim is, for the most part, better. Yeah. It's just, yeah, when uh, content and some design decisions. Speaking of which, the UI. Yep, go ahead. I'll be quiet uh, for a minute. The, the, the fact that if I'm in the inventory, I can't see what my skills are or access my magic without exiting the uh, uh, UI and then going back in it's just, uh, it's crazy to me and the fact that it seemed like they learned nothing from Oblivion because the top mod for Oblivion was a UI mod to make it so that you could see more than five items at a time in your inventory and uh, the fact that also that I can't see what all my skills are level wise at a glance in other words I have to go unless I just missed this in the stats because I did look and try to find you know it's like a stat overview no you you have unless it's hidden somewhere that I don't know where it is you have to go to the, have to uh, go to the constellation list. thing and look at each individual one yeah and all I want is a list be able to see okay I'm at this archery this heavy uh, armor 
this light armor, this one-handed weapon, instead of just flipping through very, very slowly and trying to make note. Right. And let's see, what else pissed me off about the Yuha? Oh, yes, the map. The map? The fact that, the fact that, okay, here's what bothered me about the map. I wanted to turn on all my quest markers, pull the map out, and look to see where the game is pointing me for a lot of my quests. Yeah, to be able to go in a general direction. Right. I couldn't pull the map out far enough to be able to see the entire world at once. Oh, yeah, no, you can't pull the map far enough back to see the whole That's what I wanted. And the fact that the map has, uh, it's looking at at an angle, and there's this one section of ground that is at the perfect angle, so it has this weird illusion where you'd go uh, to to there, and it's like, oh, you got to climb this cliff. It's like, well, fuck, I should have went around. Have you ever noticed that the map is a real-time representation of the world? Like, if you zoom in far enough, you can see dragons and, and sometimes yeah. giants and mammoths wandering around. Yeah, it's basically a uh, a, high, uh, a camera way over a uh, the uh, world with the level of detail turned way down. Yeah. Which is neat, but the thing is that all I want to do is be able to pull the camera out further and look straight down. Yeah. I mean, is that too much to ask? Obviously so. And also the fact that they don't have the roads on the fucking map without putting a mod on. I don't... I suppose that could be annoying, but I don't use roads. Oh, if I'm, I just, well, like, run well, straight is, towards my objective. If I'm trying to climb a cliff, trying to find where the fucking road is that goes up that cliff is very helpful. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, it's just, what else you got? so many... Uh, things about the UI, just uh, little nitpicks. Uh, the fact that my favorites is basically everything I ever use <laughs> because that's the only way that you could really swap between weapons and magic very quickly. Otherwise, you have to go in, you have to uh, go through that uh, one menu where you're going through items, magic, sp- uh, uh, skills, or map. Then you go through and uh, go through another transition and then you slowly go through and uh, uh, go to the sub-menu you want. I just wanted a very quick, you know, pull up my inventory and be able to go, okay, uh, equip this uh, uh, ring and uh, go over and uh, equip my uh, uh, fireball spell or something. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted. Right. It, it just feels like, it, it, well, no, I shouldn't say it feels like, it is designed for a console. It's designed to be read from halfway across the room and where everything is so huge. And I'm sitting right here at my monitor. It's just wasting so much real te- real estate. Yeah, I'm assuming you use Sky UI. Uh, yeah, definitely. That that's the reason why I would never touch uh, Enhanced Edition yet because it doesn't have Sky UI. Yeah, because Sky UI uses Script Editor, and the remaster doesn't allow you to go in and get the scripts and edit them. So you can't use Sky UI. It, it can't. Uh, you can't uh, edit the scripts at all. It, they completely block the uh, script editor. Yeah, you can't edit the scripts at all, as far as I know. Oh damn! There's a ton of mods that that just can't work. Then people have had to find ways to do them without editing scripts. Um, well, just I just don't lost exist. any interest in uh, the enhanced edition. I'm glad I didn't buy the DLC to get the enhanced edition. <laughs> well, the DLC. Well, hang on. Let's stay on the UI for a minute. Um, I, I don't think if you're coming from the console version, it's probably comforting. But the thing is that I wanted to see more information and see my 
uh, inventory more as a whole at once. Yeah. And the UI, how they have it, just doesn't allow me to do that. It's the same thing, like I said, with the map. I want to see the entire world at once and see, you know, are they sending me to uh, a lot of quests sending me over towards uh, this town or are they sending me over this town? Uh, it's a very much a chore to try to figure that out without having a top down map and be able to uh, look at the whole world uh, just at once. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're crazy or anything. Like those are absolutely completely valid things, quibbles, whatever you want to call it that you have stated. I don't, it's, Impossible for me to say with, say with Skyrim because I have played it overwhelmingly more on console because um, I got Skyrim when I was in college uh, on my Xbox 360 and I would just sit in a dorm. Yeah, see, that's why you like you all of my downtime and just play it there. Um, and so you know, I don't know if if it's that like I'm just used to it, and so I just was like, well, whatever, I'll just interact with this with my mouse and keyboard instead of my controller now, or or if I actually don't mind. I mean, I've played... The only Bethesda game I've played on PC that I've never played on console is Fallout 4. But it has the Pip-Boy um, Yeah, and the Pip-Boy is a lot better, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was always better. I always found it better than the the UI in the Elder Scrolls games. So, I don't know. But all of those things that you're listing, like, I understand how that they could be bothersome. And well, you pointed some way. of them out to me before this, and they the, just don't bother me. Uh, let's just put it this way. Number one mod on Nexus Mods, Sky UI, with 13.8 million downloads. Yeah. I've risked my case. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, what else do you got about things you like and dislike about the game? Oh, well, let's... Well, let's get to something I like. I do like the lore of the game. I like the world... For the most part, uh, it, they didn't sell me on the story, but I do like just, you know, uh, the general world. Bethesda does lore really well and they do worlds very well. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's something that we could agree with. Oh that, yeah. Uh, Bethesda does great worlds. Not great characters usually. <laughs> but, uh, they. I tend to like uh, Bethesda characters, but I don't I, know. I always found Bethesda characters very forgettable. Some of them definitely are. Some of them aren't. Uh, the characters I always remember from Bethesda games are the ga- are the more annoying ones, like that fucking elf and Morrowind. Which uh, that one? That costs you as soon as you uh, leave uh, the uh, character creation area. Oh, yeah, that asshole. <laughs> or the adoring fan in Oblivion. Yeah, I used to take the adoring fan into Oblivion and then just tell him to wait. And leave him in oblivion. <laughs> well, my favorite uh, thing to do with him was to take him to a tall cliff and then petrify him and just, this is Sparta! <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's uh, Bethesda characters for me, I always remember the more annoying ones. Or the the one that really sticks out to me that I don't find annoying is Shea Gorath. Yeah. But that's more because of the time I spent with him in the Shivering Isles. Yeah, he's a character. I like Shiagora. Yeah, and it's a shame that his appearance in Skyrim is five minutes. Actually, he's got a few appearances in Skyrim. Well, his main appearance, I should say. Yeah, that his, little uh, quest the, that's associated yeah. with him. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I was also probably in a bad mood for it because, okay, I, I want to go do the highlight of this. I want to go do Shea Gorat's quest. Fuck, you're going to go make me do something boring before this, huh? <laughs> um, speaking of the DLC, uh, you know, Shivering Isles from Sky or from Oblivion, Skyrim's DLC is, I think you would probably like its storytelling more because it's more condensed. I mean, it is Bethesda storytelling, but they're much more condensed score- stories. The um... Well, it's not even condensed stories. It's the fact that they just couldn't sell me on why the fuck should I care. Right. Well, Or why should I even care about these factions? Except for Hearthfire. I don't know if you'd like Hearthfire. Building your, well, actually, building your house. Well, uh, actually, I did like having a mod that I was building a house in them before the Game Club game. But just, yeah, you know, that was what I was spending more of my time on. It's like, I could do this in uh, better games. Yeah. Um, the Dawnguard DLC, I think, was better than the Dragonborn DLC. The the Dragonborn DLC was more like the Shivering Isles expansion from Oblivion. It let you go back to Morrowind and mm-hmm. do some stuff in Morrowind, which was pretty cool. But um, I really yeah, like from the... From what I understand, Morrowind is not exactly the pl- uh, place that we left it. No, because lore-wise, there was a, a volcanic eruption that destroyed well, from what I, a huge what I understand, chunk of Morrowind. Uh, uh, it wasn't just the volcanic ex- uh, eruption. It was... Oh shoot! Um, uh, VC, uh, remember uh, in that town that hovering uh, meteor thing? Yeah. Um, the god after uh, you killed uh, uh, Dragorkorth or whatever his name was—I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I don't. And the main either. quest, VC disappears, and VC's power was holding that pl- uh, in place. So that meteor comes crashing down with all the uh, uh, wrath of an angry god, essentially. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, causes Red Mountain to erupt and uh, nice job breaking a hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, That's the definition of a no-win situation. Yeah. But I, I do think Dawnguard was a better DLC. It added crossbows, which were awesome, and uh, added the the Vampire Lord, um, which you could join the vampires, and it added a really neat um, sidekick who I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. Because <laughs> my mind is like in eight different places, but... Yeah, obviously she wasn't that neat. She replaced Lydia for me as soon as I got her. Like, I'm... I use Lydia. I like Lydia. Hundreds of hours with Lydia by my side. But, uh... But I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, The DLC's really good. I mean, I you know, I can totally understand if you don't want to get it or if you're not interested enough in the main game to I wasn't to interested enough in the main game to get it, and I'm, uh... And I was tempted whenever they uh, started talking about, oh, well, if you have all the DLC, you'll get the enhanced edition for free. Right. But then seeing what they pulled with the, you know, uh, completely disabling the script extender, assuming that they can't find a way around that because well, where there's a hacker, there's always a way. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they took out the Steam Workshop support and instead are going with their own closed garden. And honestly, Bethesda... As falling very, very far down my uh, devs I uh, trust yeah. list. So, yeah, ha- them having their own little walled garden. Yes, I realize that you could do manual mods, but, yeah, it's just, I don't trust them on that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm glad I didn't pick up the DLC. So, are there other things you like or dislike before we move on to the best and the worst? Oh, 
Well, uh, let's see. Uh, something else I dislike. Uh, well, both like and dislike. How about that one for uh, uh, contrary? Okay. Hit me. The conversation system. Okay. I like that, you know, the NPCs are still moving around, that it's, uh, you know, somewhat realistic, you know. The 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 blacksmith you're talking to isn't going to stop uh, his work while you're talking to him. Uh, I right. like that. I dislike how it bugs out at times, so, you know, the NPC may not, you know, stop immediately, so they'll continue walking a few steps, go around a pillar, and they're talking to you through a pillar, and your camera is just, you know, giving a really good shot of the... Uh, Rather meh uh, wood texture. Or what really pisses me off about the conversation system is that they don't disable where NPCs will still try to talk to you. So you may be having an important uh, conversation about the story uh, with the y'all and his little piss hat uh, son will start talking about sweet rolls. Yeah, I wish I could kill that kid. Yeah, the killing kid, children mods the, exist. I just haven't used yeah, one. Yeah, kids, shut the fuck up before I download a mod. <laughs> Um, the conversation interruptions can be frustrating. Uh, uh, especially uh, with uh, this, uh, how they handle the subtitles as well, because I thought, okay, well, I'll just do subtitles. No, it, the subtitles for uh, other NPCs overwrite if you have uh, full subtitles. And if you don't have full subtitles turned on, sometimes you don't get subtitles at all. That doesn't happen with uh, the remaster. Whoever you're talking to is the primary subtitle. Even if someone comes up and starts talking, the, whoever you're specifically interacting with they also the have subtitles. less urge to kill those uh, fucking kids boy there's something that goes uh, wrong out of context <laughs> um i i really like the conversation system a lot more i never liked the weird little conversation wheel mini game in oblivion yeah the conversation wheel was uh man uh yeah it, it was serviceable i understand what they were trying to do they were trying to get rid of Basically, if you had enough money, being able to buy your way into everyone's uh, good favor like they had in Morrowind. Yeah. But it just didn't work out. Yeah. I really... But, yeah, the uh, the conversation in uh, Skyrim, uh, at least in the base game, it just didn't work for me. Just because, you know, uh, there was just so many instances where they were trying to sell me on the story, but they were just breaking, uh, you know, everything with, you know, this little pissat kid, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I really dislike the merchants. Um, all saying the exact same thing. No, and, I don't care uh, about that. It's how little gold that they all have. Like there were definitely yeah. merchants in Oblivion and and Morrowind that had didn't have very much gold, but in Skyrim, nobody has. At least very few people have more well, than they, like six well, or seven hundred gold by default. Well, they want to encourage you to just level up, go down the spell uh, the speechcraft tree. And pick up those uh, skills. That's the thing, is that a lot of uh, Skyrim feels like it's built around grinding out certain skills and picking up uh, per uh, certain attributes w within those skill trees. Yeah. As soon like as... The like the sneak uh, tree, for example. Uh, as soon as I got two points into that, nobody was paying attention to me as I was stomping around in heavy armor. Uh, well, uh, stomping, sneaking. You know, I was <laughs> crouching down. Yeah. Uh, never mind the fact that the way a lot of the dungeons are designed, there's overlooks, so... Uh, okay, th those lookouts couldn't see me as I was walking across a very well-lit bridge because I was crouched down in heavy armor? Bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's one of the first mods I'm going to install after 
when I go back and play it again is the mod that adds like a thousand gold or fifteen hundred gold to every single merchant. Mm-hmm. Just like I mean, yeah, just and, like in the early game, it's fine, but in the late game, yeah, but it's as soon like, as you start killing dragons, and uh, well, I'm, I've realized the dragon uh, items are meant for smithing, but I don't give a damn about smithing. So you know, they're uh, money for me, and you know, I would uh, get all the gold from like three or four merchants. I've had uh, dragon armor, a full set of dragon armor for both me and Lydia for like twenty five hours now. Well, see, I just didn't care. I love, I do crafting. I'm a crazy person for crafting. I have. Yeah, it's to, almost like you go dig or something. I have to mine out every single map, mine on the map, all of them, hundred uh, percent. I bet you immediately went and got the non-stacks. Yep, I did. I I did that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the merchants really frustrate me. I love the kill animations though. Uh, I could take or leave the uh, uh, little kill cut scenes. Sometimes they're nice. Other times I'm in the middle of combat and then it does the cut scene. It's like, okay, I want to pay attention to where everybody's going. I don't want a, you know, about a five or ten second uh, little cut scene. Yeah, they are the best if you're doing melee combat because unless you use a mod that changes them and adds like some different ones and some flourishes and stuff, if mm-hmm. you shoot someone with, or, you know, if you're an archer and you hit someone and you get a kill, uh, a kill cam shot, it's like, oh, I'm just going to watch my arrow slowly hit that guy right between the eyes. And, like, that's neat once or twice, and it's like, okay. And then magic is even worse because you just follow a fireball or, or something till it explodes and kills someone. Um, yeah. But I do like them. They're neat. They're nice little combat breaks, in my opinion. Um, yeah, well, well, they are uh, – well, since you were talking about how uh, you need to add flourishes or things, uh, it feels like uh, that's kind of the thing with Skyrim as a whole for me is that Yes, there are a lot of neat little things, but it feels like they never spent enough time to really to polish them or to give me a reason to care about them. You know, since I was an archer, you know, yes, it was kind of neat occasionally seeing, uh, you know, my arrow going, uh, and hitting somebody upside the head and, you know, coming out the other side. But it would have been a lot, uh, cooler to see them, you know, like grab the arrow and stumble instead of just, you know, immediately going ragdoll. Right. It feels like they just spread themselves way too thin and they never really polished anything to what it should have been or what it could have been. Right. One of the mods that I did use was um, uh, a finishing move um, enhancer. And like with arrows, for example, if you get a kill shot, the camera will go in behind the arrow and you can see it spin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as it pierces someone instead of them immediately going ragdoll, like, they don't stumble, but they just kind of stand there for a second, like, uh, what just happened to me? And then they kill over. Well, well since we're going to be speaking about that, the fact that I could kill someone uh, and go, you know, uh, and hide, and have their companion go, well, I guess it's just the wind. Yeah, because the wind has a fucking arrow. Well, I understand that's just something that video games, uh, uh, pretty much across all of games that have stealth portions suffer from i mean there's a few that don't i'm not well, saying that well, they well, the all thing do is that, but... the thing is that in a more stealth based games uh you they see a corpse they'll start hunting for you actively instead you know it's more they kind of look around and it's like shrug their shoulders and go wander off yeah uh, and assuming that they wander off in the right direction because i had several times where the npcs would just completely break their nav map and they'll either just start 
uh, they'll slide a few feet over, or they'll just run off in a random direction. See, I I never and it se- and it seems like it's a lot worse if you're uh, using eagle eye, where you're able to zoom in and see them from a far distance. Yeah. So I think it's more of a processing thing, or you know, a uh, priority thing. You know, the NPCs that are closer to you get a higher priority on the processes. But right. NPCs that are pretty far away, yeah, they'll uh, not be as uh, important. So they'll be further down, and then weird shit happens. Yeah, now, that's what it seems like. I'm, I don't have the programming knowledge to know if that's uh, the case, but I just noticed it a lot more when I was shooting at range. That okay, uh, I'm going to uh, shoot at this guy uh, as he's sitting down, and suddenly he teleports to the other chair, or. Uh, this guy's uh, walking straight ahead towards me. Great, that's an easy shot. Uh, as I shoot, he teleports about, oh, I would say about three feet to his left. Or, uh, or I'll shoot someone, uh, and, you know, they get alerted that I'm there because, you know, they have a fucking arrow sticking out of their chest. And they start running into the wall. Uh, start running in place. It's like, well, there's an easy target. I've never seen any of those things. I don't. I don't remember but, that. From but also, old oblivion. But also, fire. I also fight from a lot further distance than you, most likely. That's true. Even when I'm using uh, archery stuff just to get some XP for leveling, I'm still within like I don't know, ten, fifteen yards. Occasionally in a dungeon, and I'm firing from uh, you know like thirty to forty yards out. Yeah, occasionally in a dungeon, I'll do some stealthy archery just for, again for the experience points but even then it's like 20 yards max yeah see i'm something like twice the distance of you uh, if not more yeah i mean i don't i don't have any points into archery it, it's just to gain experience oh i had uh, most of my points actually into archery uh, archery and uh well i actually ended up putting more into sneak to get the sneak attack up yeah yeah my points are pretty much Heavy into destruction magic and uh, two-handed. Let's see. My points were into archery, some in one-handed, uh, particularly bases because, you know, bunk, bunk on the head. Right. And uh, heavy armor. Yeah. Which I still find it hilarious that, you know, I'm able to wear heavy armor and still be stealthy just because I put a couple points into stealth. Yeah. I've got a couple of points smattered around here and there. And I guess, I mean, I've got the entire smithing tree filled up. Um, of course you do. But, you know, that's kind of where most of my points are, two-handed and destruction. Um, which kind of defeats the point of being able to dual-wield magic and a weapon at the same time. Yeah, But really. it's like, I, I'm like hard magic. Like, magic, 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 magic. Okay, I'm out of mana, and instead of using potions or whatever, I'll pull out a battle axe. It's like, charge! And then when I get some magic back, I'll swap back. Magic, magic, magic. But Well, that's one way to do it, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I, I wish that uh, magic was a little bit more diverse, though. Uh, and this gets back to us talking about the magic system just being simplified in general. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like they removed way too much spell-wise and just didn't seem that uh, nearly as interesting. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of stuff that I miss that's gone, like touch spells. Um, uh, I, I completely forgot about touch spells. The touch spells are, like, perfect for um, a battle mage because, you know, you can be up close and use magic at the same time. But the closest thing that we have to the touch spells are the the like the lowest level 
uh, magic spells, which just like shoot lightning, uh, a flamethrower, and yeah. cold air, you know, frost. Um, and they're so weak. Even like with fully leveled destruction magic, they're incredibly weak. So that sucks. Um, also, the fact that you can't block with uh, two-handed weapons yeah. or dual wield. You can, or, or it was it was dual wield that you can't block with. Sorry. Yeah, you can't block. With, you, you can block with two-handed though. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah, block I'll, button I'll, becomes attack with your secondary weapon or attack with your left yeah. hand. Yeah, which I understand why they're trying to do that with uh, uh, game mechanic wise, but then uh, gameplay wise, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Shall I go on one last rant before uh, we uh, go to the next question? Sure, but I was going to ask you another question. Uh, okay. Also, go ahead, in this kind of, in this thing, what are is your favorite guild? Oh, that's a tough one for me actually because I kind of like the companions, but at the same time, uh, the whole werewolf thing. Yeah. I, I didn't like being forced into that. And yes, I realize at the end of the companions quest, you, you are cured of that or have the option to be cured of it. I don't do enough magic to do the mage guild. I, I'm, my character wasn't really ever sneaky enough to do the, uh, thieves guild. The black, uh, uh sorry, the dark brotherhood just never fucking showed up. And yeah. the barge college is a fucking joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, you know, that feels like something that they should have spent more time on to flesh out. Yeah, I have a negative that I want to bring up in relation to that, but I'll I'll say what the one that I like the most was. Um, so it, uh, it's pretty much by fault to me, uh, the companions, but that's even, you know, uh, it's not even I'm really sold on them. It's more, you know, the uh, less uh, crappy one to me. Right. <laughs> or crap. Uh, just because I think what I would like most is the Dark Brotherhood, but. I was never able to get those quests to, to actually fire for whatever reason. Yeah. The Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim is really good. There are some good character moments in uh, the, the Dark, Dark Brotherhood, Brotherhood quest was, line. Uh, pretty much uh, the uh, highlight of Oblivion. That's why I wanted to go uh, do them, but they just never showed up. I guess I guess I was just too fucking brutal for them, or I was too stealthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was sitting in the shadows uh, shooting arrows, and they're like, where the fuck is this guy? Yeah. I like all of them except for the Bards College to a greater or lesser degree. Um, but my favorite by far is the Thieves Guild in Skyrim because it's the only guild that gives you things to do that aren't just go kill this person or go clear this dungeon. Yeah, that seemed like pretty much everything that was granted the Dark Brotherhood that kind of makes sense, but still. Yeah, I mean that's thematic for the Dark Brotherhood and I'll even give that thematically to the Companions as well. But for the Mages Guild, I mean, some of my favorite quests from um, Oblivion with the Mages Guild, where it's like, where you have to basically go solve puzzles with magic. Um, and sure, there would be fighting and stuff, but the point wasn't to go clear a dungeon. You know, go open this thing with magic, or go figure out how to defend <laughs> from this I thing just, with magic. I just remembered, uh, do you remember in Oblivion, the Mage Guild quest involving the well? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, where you have to go retrieve the the ring from the well. Yeah. Um, and it turns out like to be a... a 500 of weight or something. Yeah, and it's like, unless you do it really late in the game where you can carry a lot of weight, you're going to drown if you don't drop it. Yeah, and you have to uh, either uh, have a lot of uh, weight carry spells, feather spells, or, uh, you know, they're actively trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think there was a corpse down there as well. Yeah, there was already a dead body in there. 
Um, yeah, don't drink the water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that quest wasn't about killing anybody. It was, you know... Well, except for that uh, guy killing that one apprentice. Well, yeah, but you weren't tasked with going and clearing a dungeon or anything. It just so happened that there was, you know, a part of that quest that, that the, the leader of that um, sect of the Mage Guild had sent that guy down there and he died. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, every single quest... In, well, not every, but almost every quest in Skyrim is go kill this dude or go clear this dungeon by killing all the dudes. And the Thieves Guild is the only guild uh, that offers quests that aren't that. Like, there's this whole big quest line where that you uh, go and, like, alter books um, for different merchants and things. Uh, in yeah, order I noticed to, all the books around. I figured that was a quest that I just didn't have unlocked. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so you can extort money from them or... Or skim a little off the top, or you're doing them a favor you know, by changing their books. Um, and you know, obviously, there's quests that involve killing stuff or stealing things specifically. And then it also has the really cool quest line uh, for the god or the goddess. I can't remember where you get the really badass looking armor. I mean, it's not gr- it's not great armor compared to you know a lot of the stuff that I could make. And it's light yeah. armor, so it wouldn't really benefit me very much, but it looks awesome. And you get the awesome bow. And you get the Unbreakable Lockpick. Uh, for a short time. I did read up on the Thieves Guild. Uh, you actually end up giving that back. Well, you can keep it for as long as you want, though, and just not complete yeah. the quest. Um, although, honestly, the lockpicking system is pretty pretty easy. Yeah, and uh, it's so easy to get uh, just so many lockpicks that you could brute force a lock. Yeah. But still, you know, when it comes to those... But then, and also, every time you break a uh, lockpick, you also get a little bit of experience as well. So you're leveling up uh, like that as well. Yeah. But the reason – that's the main reason that I, that I hate the Bard's College so much. It's like this is not supposed to be – like, okay, if you want to have a couple of missions where I – you know, the artifact retrieval missions, like if there's just a couple of those, fine. But that's the entire guild. You don't actually get you to play they an had it where They should have had it where you had to do you know, a, a tour, you know, go to different inns and entertain people. That would be really cool, and that would thematically make sense with that. But instead, you don't do that. You just go to dungeons to kill things and pick up like the the special one of one special instrument of each type of the instruments you can find in the game: the flute, the drums, the lute. And is there another one, or are there just three? Uh, there's just three. Yeah. And I mean, like that, that's, that tells you how crappy the uh, Bard's College is. Yeah. The Bard's College really felt like an afterthought. And the opening was okay. Like, they send you to do that as, like, a test. And then, you yeah. know, they, like, throw a little party. And it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be cool. Like I never even just... bothered uh, hunting it down because, you know, I realized the Bard's College, you know, was, like, three or four quests. Yeah. They they throw you a party and they do some stuff and kind of, I don't know, induct you into the Bard's College or whatever. And then they're like... There was some hazing. Yeah. And they're like, okay, go kill some more stuff and find this artifact. And it's like, wait, I want to... Learn how to play an instrument and sing for people, but you can't do that. Um. Okay, now you said that you had one more thing that you wanted to say. Yeah, before there, we... there's one more thing that uh, really st- stands out to me. Well, actually, two more, but uh, one more uh, really uh, pissed me off. Horses. <laughs> yeah, horses kind of suck. Why the fuck... Can I not talk to someone while I'm on a horse? Can you explain that to me? You're too tall. NPCs for him. could talk uh, 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 to me while they're on a horseback. 
I can't talk to an NPC while they're while I'm on horseback. Yeah. I can't grab things while I'm on horseback. Horse combat also is not very good. Yeah. And horse horse running is only marginally faster than you running. And you can just fast travel. So unless you're, you know, yeah, unless playing. you're trying to, uh, yeah, get to somewhere that's in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, uh, and you don't want to, yeah, slow down every so often to let your stamina bar recharge. Yeah, the horses are just uh, useless, and the fact that uh, it seems like everyone tries to kill your horse first. Yeah, well, horses are As a matter not of fact, useless. I had... uh, Shadow Mare's pretty good in combat, and she's invincible. Uh, so um, she only gets knocked uh, that, down. But, uh, but one problem. That requires the Dark Brotherhood to show the fuck up. That's fair. Fair point for you. Uh, and also horses are like mountain goats. They can climb anything. Yeah. Yeah, and, and without them, there's a ton of uh, semi-invisible walls. Yeah. Uh, in the um, in the Dragonborn DLC, though, you get to the ability to ride a dragon, which kind of... Yeah, like that uh, one quest towards the end of the main storyline. Yeah, except you can actually fly the dragon, so... Yeah. That kind of defeats the purpose of the horse is only positive without mods. Yeah, really. It's just one of those things that... Why is this like this? Yeah. And once again, it feels like, you know, they put in the horses and then they forgot, you know, people may want to be able to interact with the world. Yeah, maybe they want to... Talk to someone that they come across on the road. Yeah. And horses... Because the horses are faster uh, if you know, because they can sprint a lot further. Yeah. Horses were way faster in Oblivion, though. Even the slowest horse in, in Oblivion yeah. was m- much faster than you. Unless you had, um, like, a maxed-out athletic skill and were yeah, wearing, which, like... Uh, which doesn't exist in Skyrim. Right. So unless you had a maxed athletic skill and basically were naked so that you weren't um, encumbered by your armor... All horses were faster than you could ever be. Yeah, but the thing is that horses were not faster than you and Morrowind if you had the boots of blinding speed. That is very true. Very true. That, that That's an artifact that I wish they would bring back, but the problem is that it would require them to actually have a either spellcrafting back or an item to uh, counteract the negative effect. Yeah. Um... Uh, the boots of blinding speed, by the way, was a pair of boots in Morrowind, which actually you couldn't use as a beast race because, uh, in Morrowind, beast races, Khajiit and, oh shit, now I'm, uh, blanking on the name of the, uh, lizard people. Argonian. Argonian. Uh, thank you. Couldn't wear boots. So. Yeah, that's uh, right. I remember that. Yeah, and they changed that with Oblivion. Yeah. Which I never understood it, why Khajiit couldn't wear boots. I totally got Argonians. I don't understand how Argonians can wear pants. <laughs> Actually, I guess you just cut a hole for the tail. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. They're all, they all uh, have some tailoring skill, you know, uh, to be able to alter their clothes on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and they have a small forge to be able to uh, punch a hole in armor. Yeah. Um. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's interesting things like that, you know. Be able to get an artifact like that that actively hurts you unless you know how to counteract it. Because I don't, I can't think of anything in Skyrim like that unless you count Wabajack. Yeah, Wabajack is interesting and can be used to break the game. Because whenever you use Wabajacks, for example, on an essential NPC, it turns them into very briefly, you know, a sheep or a chicken or whatever, which is killable. 
and then you can lose NPCs. See, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what I'm going to do to that fucking kid. <laughs> I don't know if it works on kids. The Wabajack. I bet you didn't see that coming, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Are you ready to go talk uh, about the best and worst, I, or? Well, and I would say that dragon fights. It felt like they were more just giant NPCs that had a lot of health. They didn't really feel all that special to me after, you know, like the fifth one. Yeah, you kind of get in a rhythm for how to kill dragons. Um, I wish that the dragons were more varied. And uh, the subspecies, I only ran into one subspecies. I'm not sure if there's more. Uh, The only difference was, oh, look, it has uh, like five times the health. There's... I think in the base game, like nine or ten different kinds of dragons. And I'm, not, and I'm not counting, you know, them using just different elements. I'm using, I'm talking about using different tactics. You know, like have one that uh, stays on the ground more and tries to get in uh, your face and uh, bite your head off. That would be the skeletal dragon. Okay, the skeletal dragon can't that. fly. I never encountered a skeletal dragon. Yeah, they're a high level dragon that you encounter in in dungeons where dragons can be encounterable. I think they start showing up around level 30 or 35. Um, they're okay, so, really tough. Okay, so I just simply didn't level enough. I was around level 20, 22 uh, when I was done. Um, Elder Dragons also... if There's one type of dragon that never lands until you do enough damage to it that it falls to the ground. I think it's the Elder Dragon. They just refuse to land. So you have to either shout them... Because um, a Fusroda can knock a dragon out of the sky if they're close enough to something, because they kind of mm-hmm. collide with it when they stagger, and then that knocks them down. Or you have to do enough damage uh, so that they can't fly anymore. And then they do that little thing where they crash to the ground and plow off. Okay, trees so they do have this. It's just uh, it's a very very late game thing, and probably shouldn't be nearly that late game. Yeah. There's also a few special dragons, although I don't include those in, like, the different types. Yeah. But there are some named dragons in the game that use special tactics. Yeah, I wasn't counting them. I ran into a couple of those, if I recall correctly. Yeah. The spectral dragons are pretty badass, too, because they'll come inside structures with you because they can just phase through them. Mm. That's That's terrible. And also, while we're on dragons, why does everybody feel the need to go... Fight a dragon? Run, you fools! Yeah, I mean, until they get the guards fighting them and a few yeah, yeah, NPCs. Uh, yeah. yeah, I understand that, but you know, the bum? Why's the bum fighting? <laughs> yeah, the bum and the old lady, like, going in there with their fists, uh, you know, fists akimbo, like, I can do this. It's like, no, old lady, move. Well, that cat was able to kill one, which, speaking of uh, the uh, first uh, real dragon fight that you have, okay, uh, uh, and this is kind of the disconnect I have with uh, the game overall. And yes, I realize this is more game mechanics and you know how the game is built. Okay, it, first of all, it doesn't feel like I really had anything to do with that first dragon kill because there was half a dozen guards there as well. Yeah, you have to be yes, pretty yes, damn good I, with magic or a bow and arrow to kill that first dragon all by yourself. Yeah, yes, yes, I realized that I sucked up its soul, and it, it happened to taste like peppermint, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, it's like, uh, oh, it's amazing. You killed the dragon. What about the other guys? I mean, uh, it's not like I was alone here. Yeah. And, and then immediately after this, uh, this is kind of my disconnect with, uh, you know, how, uh, it feels like they need to have more dialogue and just in general. Yeah. Is that, okay. 
I, I killed the dragon. I have a bunch of loot on me. I need someone to stash this. I, I know. I'll go, go join the companions. They're nearby. And, you know, I could uh, stash my stuff in a cabinet there for the time being until I could get a house. Right. Because I don't have uh, really anywhere else to go. I, I'm sure if I really wanted to look up to, you know, safe places to stash loot, I could have found that online. But, yeah, th- this felt good because I, you know, I wanted to join the companions anyway. They're talking about, well, why should we let you in? We don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> like, bitch, I, I just killed the dragon outside. Everybody five minutes ago were pra- was praising me for uh, killing that fucking dragon, and now you don't. What the fuck? Yeah, that that's a problem though. Also, that Oblivion suffered from. If I remember correctly, yeah. Morrowind properly acknowledged when you had you know become well, something. Well, here, well, well, here's the difference: is that Morrowind was mostly text based, right? So they could uh, do a lot more with text. You could have paragraphs upon paragraphs of text and people read it. Right. But if you have paragraphs upon paragraphs of uh, dialogue, you have the opening sequence of, uh, of Skyrim where you're sitting there for 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, more when you're able to have keywords where you're able to branch off a lot uh, more uh, naturally than you can in Skyrim and uh, even Oblivion, where you know you have a couple choices, but more when you could have you know ten different uh, branches in uh, you know like three or four paragraphs. Yeah, you could spend an hour in the opening area area of Morrowind just talking to the guards, and then I can't remember his name, but the guy who finally releases you, you just yeah. talk to him. There's so much dialogue you can get. Okay. Well, do you feel sufficiently ready to move on? Because I'm looking at our recording time, and yes, it's going to be a long show, but it is. People wanted to hear about No Man's Sky, so yeah, we're not cutting down this week. Yeah. Well, then let's move on to the best part of the game and the worst part of the game. Um, We've been going for a long time, so let's try and keep this to one each. Uh, Well, I kind of already said what my best is, uh, the world. Uh, okay, so the kind of the lore world of, yeah. of the whole thing of Skyrim. Yeah, but, but that's also kind of cheating because uh, the lore has been built up over the course of, well, not just five games, but also some of the side games as well. Right. So, you know, uh, all the books are from uh, Skyrim, uh, a good chunk of them are uh, from uh, Oblivion, which a good chunk of those were from Morrowind and so on. Yeah. So that's kind of cheating. Uh, but, yeah, just the world in general. Uh, granted... It doesn't feel like they really do much with it. Uh, granted, the Civil War does change leadership, but that's about it from everything I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting that, you know, the Civil War, it had a, a chance to burn a town down. You know, during the fighting, uh, uh, someone uh, knocked over a torch and the, uh, a couple buildings burnt down. That would have been interesting to me. Yeah, because there's no permanent damage. Even the stuff that, like, gets destroyed when you're doing the, the city battles in the Civil War, it's like as soon as you finish that instance, it goes back to normal. Yeah, which is just disappointing. Yeah. Okay, well, the best part for me, and this is, I think, a little more difficult for me because I like the game a lot more. Um... Honestly, I the the story of the game, you know, I there's there's a lot of stuff in the game. There's a lot of a lot of, you know, disparate quest lines and things that you can find and yeah, some of it's based on lore stuff from the previous games, but 
I mean, I really did buy into the whole Civil War. And, like, the first time I played, I was like, oh, do I want to pick the the Imperials or or uh, side with the Stormcloaks? And, like, I sat down and I thought about it. And I was like, okay, well, the Stormcloaks represent this and this and this. And the Imperials honestly, represent me, this and this. Like the, honestly, to me, it felt like voting in the U.S. election. Because, okay, which side do I hate the least? <laughs> Fair enough. There is an interesting... An interesting comparison to be drawn, though, there. The, yeah, the status really. quo versus the uh, rough... Freedom! Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but, I, I mean, I really bought into all that stuff. I really liked it. The only part of the story that I did not like at any point, like I just thought it was dumb, was what I already said, the blades. I thought it was stupid that you had to kill Parthenax or that storyline ended. But otherwise, yeah, really. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm big on it. I loved going to Sovngarde and joining up with the previous Dragonborns and fighting um, Alduin. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that that changes based on what you did during the game. For example, if you sided with the Imperials, excuse me, and you killed Ulfric, he's in Sovngarde. And then obviously, huh. if you didn't, he's not. Um, so there's like there's lots of of stuff like that throughout the game. Just a little thing. Well, I bet he'd be pissed to see me then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, the story dick. is definitely the best. Sorry. I'm just trying to imagine Ulfric, uh, you know, sitting there having a sweet roll. Uh, what is it with Bethesda and sweet roll? He's actually, I don't know. That's just a thing that they have. Um, but no, he's actually like really lost and confused um, because of... That. What the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> well, it's, I was kind of a dick. It's not even that. It's like it it plays into like Alduin and and how he's like distorting the worlds, and because Ulfric got there and didn't finish the journey to the Mead Hall of Sovngarde, he's like really confused and lost, and his his power is being used by Alduin since he has the ability to to use shouts. Ah, it's neat. I mean, there's you know lots of stuff in there, lots of stuff. So. I love the story. That's definitely the best part for me. All right, what about your worst part? Uh, well, let's see. Can I guess? Uh, uh, Is it UI? Well, I'm not even going to go with UI. Uh, it's more. Well, I kind of already said it. Uh, well, at least one of the worst parts. Uh, yeah, the fact that they really don't do anything with the world. That everything is so shallow. Yeah. But I, I, I could really go that go into the questing for the most part because. Even the most uh, interesting quests, uh, the uh, drinking quest, as you go uh, all over the place and kill things. Right. Uh, the uh, Shea Gorath uh, quest, uh, that's the one quest I could think of where you're not technically killing things. You're more helping this uh, deceased uh, crazy emperor. Yeah. I mean, granted, you still are killing things, but you're doing it in a different way. That's probably about the best quest I could think of. And that's a five minute quest at best. Right. Everything else is, well, like you said, really is just go there, kill something, come back. Yeah. Outside of the Thieves Guild, mm -hmm. which I didn't play. Yeah. So yeah, that's my worst. Oh, that's down there for me. But honestly, the worst part of the game for me is the stripped out magic system. As a primary Ooh. mage user primary magical user the huge amount of spells that were lost and spellcrafting not being a thing without mods and things like that 
and, and the magic in general not being very powerful at higher levels without mods to tweak it and make it more powerful or you know just rebalance that stuff in general um really is is devastating like i mean all of my previous not all but every main character i ever play in any rpg ever is a mage cuz i love magic you know it's just who doesn't want to you know shoot a fireball out of their hand and burn somebody alive you know uh you know, oh, uh, well, I play usually a Khajiit, so I don't. Uh, that sentence fur. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, you know, going back to Morrowind, going back even farther than that to older yeah, RPGs. Find a good number on uh, the number of spells, not even counting, uh, you know, custom spells and Oblivion. And, you know, it's just a ton of spells. Yeah. I don't know what the exact number is in Skyrim, but I bet it's less than 100 for total spells. Well, let's see. Uh, Illusion has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. And I would say a good quarter of those are master spells. Yeah. See, so, yeah. and I would uh, alter uh, alteration, which it's kind of cheating because that's uh, combining uh, alteration and mysticism from Oblivion, right? Has more. Conjurization has a lot more, but that's also, I would say it's over a hundred. Okay. Well, it's not very but, far but, over a uh, hundred then. Yeah, but that's also kind of cheating because, okay, destruction, uh, has, uh, some, uh, very, uh, niche spells and, you know, uh, different elements and that sort of thing. But. And really all of the destruction spells are the same. It's just replace your element. I mean, yeah, there's little, you know, like. Uh, the rune spells, ex- for example. Yeah. And in general, like, fire magic does more damage, uh, frost magic slows, and, uh, lightning magic zaps opponents' magicka. But still, it's like, okay, they're basically the same. Those differences are minute in the base game without tweaks. So, yeah, the stripped-out magic system is definitely the worst part Yeah, I would say, uh, not counting conjurization, which, uh, that's inflated because of all the different pieces of, uh, bound armor and, uh, weapons. Right. Uh, a good quarter of the magic is uh, locked to being a master of that particular school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question eight. How does it compare to another Elder Scrolls game or the other Elder Scrolls games? Okay. We briefly uh, touched well, on this earlier, yeah. but. Yeah, I would say mechanically, it's better. Lore wise. I would say it's about the same as Oblivion was. Uh, I, I still prefer Morrowind's uh, uh, story and lore, just because it feels a lot more interesting, uh, as the world does as well. Yeah. Uh, but once you get down to questing, uh, I would have to actually probably give it to probably Oblivion, because Oblivion has some really interesting sp- uh, different quests. Not even... Tied just to the guilds, uh, the troll quest where you go into that painting. Do you remember that? Yeah, I love that quest. Where you have, uh, pose, uh, poison that you put on your weapons. That's paint thinner. Yep. Granted, it is just reskinning the world, but it's still something different. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with you across the board. Uh, mechanically, I think Skyrim is better, particularly with the combat system. Um, but I think that uh, both Oblivion and Morrowind have better quests 
and there's definitely more lore in Morrowind. I, it's difficult yeah, to say uh, about Oblivion. Yeah, quests in Morrowind are uh, really tough to judge because a lot of them are tougher to find because they don't have the quest markers. Right. You have to read the quest dialogue. So that, that's why I'm kind of not really talking about it because that is a completely different breed from Oblivion and uh, Skyrim. Yeah. Instead of uh, following the quest marker to uh, whatever cave somewhere, it'll tell you, okay, leave uh, the t- leave town uh, going south and follow the road until you uh, come across a fallen tree. Follow uh, uh, that tree down the hill uh, yeah, yeah, and look for a pile of rocks or something. Yeah. It feels like you're actually going on an adventure instead of following a quest marker. Oblivion and, did have a couple of quests like that. Yeah, but th- they were severely stripped down. They and, were. They were very simplified. And, and there were mods to uh, to remove the quest marker were terrible because they built the quest to use that marker. Yeah, there's not enough descriptive text to tell you yeah, where things Sky- are. And Skyrim's even worse. Yeah. Yeah, the the only quest I think that doesn't have a quest marker is the one to recover the 24 whatever gems. Yeah, which that's the quest that desperately needs a quest marker. Yeah, because you can't dump them out of your inventory because they're quest items. But it's like you never – I mean you could. It would take a long time, but, you know, it's very unlikely that's you're going to find that's them That's a all. quest you're looking up. Yeah. Um, Like every time I see one of those, I deliberately avoid it because I don't want to start that quest. What, you don't want to leave those stone unturned? <laughs> but, um, and for those who don't know, that's the name of the quest. Yeah. Um, but, so anyway, so what was the other things that you said? Mechanics? Uh, Mechanics, Skyrim, lore, uh, I would, uh, give a toss-up between Oblivion and Morrowind, just depending on, do you want kind of more generic, uh, fantasy or something really unique? Yeah. Uh, quests uh, left Morrowind out of just because it it's tough to really compare apples to oranges. Yeah. Um. And that's really all I covered. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any other re- areas that really should be compared. I mean, from a technical standpoint, they're all a mess. Yeah. Uh, uh, even unmodded. All of them are uh, very messy uh, and will crash often. Yeah. I had a thing with uh, Skyrim uh, that for every so often it would just hang uh, on a loading screen. Right. And I'm not sure if that was a mod doing that or what. Here's a question. Out of the three, well, I, I was almost going to say modern, but Oblivion's not really modern anymore and Marwan's definitely not modern. Out of the <laughs> 3D... Elder Scrolls games. Let's go with that. Because the 2D games were a whole different ball game. Yeah, and I never played the uh, 2D ones. I've played them a bit, but they are nigh impenetrable. And it's not because they're bad games. It's just like... It's a different era. It's a different era. You know, I grew up after those games were big and after, you know, they had learned from them and moved on. So... Uh, don't worry. I'm teaching you CRPGs with Divinity Original Sin. You are. You are. Um... I'm teaching you deep RPGs. Out of the three of them, though, which one do you think is – what's the right word to use? The, oh, this is going to be fun. The most grand. Not necessarily the best or, or mm. whatever, but which one is like, yes, this game is like a masterpiece? Oh, that 
that's really tough because all of them have flaws that really prevent me from saying that. Right. So, uh, Skyrim's uh, rather mech gameplay and being really shallow on things that it really shouldn't. Oblivion for its voice acting or lack thereof, or I should say lack thereof voice actors. Hey, do they get points for Sean Bean and um? They don't get points for uh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart because they they kill him in five minutes. Okay, fair and enough. I, and I give him half a point for Sean Bean because he shows up. For a couple quests, but you know, you have maybe 15 minutes with him total. Yeah, he does also stick to the Sean Bean uh, conjecture that he must die in everything. Dude, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- technically, he didn't die. Technically. I mean, he sac- like he sacrificed himself and turned into like a dragon thing, right? And, and then he turned, he turned into, into a dragon. stone. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, uh, According to some of the uh, Daedrics, uh, it seems like he may have ascended to the Daedric plane, so. Yeah. And became a uh, god there. Granted, we haven't seen him yet, but that doesn't really mean that much. Okay. Um. For me. And, and, pl- and plus, uh, you know, uh, Shea Gorath uh, put it best. Uh, he turned into a dragon. That's hardly sporting. <laughs> For me, I think the answer to that question, which one is, you know, the most grand, the the closest to a masterpiece, for me, that's Oblivion. It certainly has its share of flaws, and if we had another two hours, I would tell you all about the things that frustrate me about Oblivion. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure we will at some point. But that game, at its heart, to me, is like a best of all worlds. It's still got great... Oblivion has the best... Base yeah, it, to start to build a, for a modern gamer. Yeah, uh, Morrowind. Its primary problem these days, if you discount their very very dated graphics, is the fact that behind all the combat, it is a bunch of dice rolls, and at low levels, it's very very frustrating. Yes, it, because it's acting like it should be a two D uh, fighting. Uh, but you're shooting in 3D, or you're swinging a sword in 3D. Yep. I mean, granted, you could come up with a little bit of a lower reason. You know, maybe uh, it was a glancing shot and it didn't really uh, penetrate, or maybe, you know, uh, you know, you didn't uh, quite get that good hit that you were looking for and it didn't do that much damage. Yeah. But it's like on screen, it's like, <laughs> nope, I definitely yeah. shot him. I definitely am stabbing him in the stomach. Why am I missing? Yeah, it's a... It's a combat system that's built for 2D that uh, in a 3D game. Yeah. Which once you get past the uh, the early skill levels, it's not nearly as bad because you don't get those misses nearly as often. But it's that yeah, you know, the first few levels are uh, the worst. Yeah. So I will agree that Oblivion is probably the best base to build uh, you know, your mod set and play in. Uh, but that's it's not without its problems. I, I really dislike the Oblivion Gate system. <laughs> Why do you okay? I have to know. Why do you dislike the Oblivion Gate system? Uh the fact that it feels so random and they pop up in places that make no sense. And also the fact that after you complete the main game, they're gone. Yeah. I mean granted it makes sense lore wise, but gameplay wise, once again it's a uh, gameplay lore disconnect. That all the more, or that all the Elder Scrolls seems to have at some point. Yeah. So if you are going to beat the main, the main storyline, you need to farm those Oblivion Gates to be able to get all those uh, stones. 
Right. Yeah, I basically avoid Kavach because if you don't go to Kavach at the start of the game, yeah, you never trigger the Oblivion Gates, and you can basically also, do whatever you want until you're ready to tackle the main story. And also, uh, the fact that the Oblivion Gates become extremely difficult if you get past a certain threshold of level. Yeah. That's that's my main beef with the with the Oblivion Gates is that they're difficulty scaling. Yeah, which I really have to sit down and think about because it's been a while since I played Oblivion. What can I say? Yeah, that's why I always make the Chameleon armor, particularly for the final battle. Whenever you alone go through the Oblivion Gates and you have to take care of all of them before the siege machines come through. Yeah. Siege yeah, engines. Which, uh, yeah, which was a cool cutscene, but you know that. Uh, the battle before you go through, it's kind of laughable because you have maybe 20 people there. It's like, really? This is all everyone could muster? Yeah. But, well, that's the but, limitation but that's, of the but, engine yeah, and yeah, computing yeah, technology at the time. At the time, it's still a problem because Bethesda refuses to give up that fucking engine. They're using the same engine that they used in Morrowind in Fallout 4. Is it really this, that engine? I thought they changed engines. Yes. Um, no, it's the same engine. And they were using the same engine from Oblivion, which is still pretty bad, but... It, Oblivion is the same engine as Morrowind. Dang. I didn't realize it went that far back. I'm I'm just double-checking this to make sure that I'm... Okay, uh, Morrowind is the Game Broyo engine. Is the what engine? Game Broyo. Okay. B-R-Y-O. Which, let's see... It, First appeared in 2001 in Dark Age of Camelot, and let's see, let's see if, uh, if uh, it's on here. Maybe they are using a modified version of it. Well, uh, no, Fallout New Vegas is the last one, so maybe they actually moved away from it, or it's just on the Wikipedia listing. Skyrim is powered by Bethesda's creation engine, created specifically uh, okay, okay. for Skyrim. Uh, all right, it's the creation engine. Uh, after Fallout Three. They redid the engine for Skyrim. Okay, so it, it's st they still need to go back into the drawing board then. Yeah. I mean, that engine is is five, coming up on six years old. Let's see. At yeah. least. Actually, probably be older because they started development for Skyrim, obviously, way before 2011. So so I was wrong on that, but still, yeah. It's not – they're they're – Bethesda is trying to tell grander stories and what their technology allows them to. Yeah. And it creates this disconnect. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the final question, which are, do you have any final thoughts on the game after, you know, now that we've played it for Game Club? I'm glad I can uninstall it because I really have no interest <laughs> in playing Skyrim anymore. Oh. What? Just you and I are so different about this game. But, I mean, that's the whole reason we put out Game Club was so that we could play the same game and discuss from different points and of view. And that's why I gave the subtitle to this. As a matter of fact, I want that to be the episode title. What's the subtitle? Uh, agree to Disagree? Uh, agree to Disagree. Okay. That's fair. Let me make a note here so I don't forget. I'll just put it next in the list. For, for once, I'm uh, giving you the title. Yeah. Because usually you're the one making up the episode titles. Yeah, usually I make it up like to try and be a pun or something related to something that happened in the show. Yeah, and then I just sit here and go, oh, why did you say that? <laughs> okay, agree to disagree. I'm, I made a note that that should be the title for this episode. Unless you come up with something worse. I don't know. I might think about it, but that also requires work. Um, do I have any <laughs> final thoughts? 
I, I mean, I, well, 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 I, well, I should say this, that a heavily modded Skyrim is a good game, but I'm looking at this at the foundation and there's a little tease for something coming up. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be up late tonight. Hey, we're giving people what they wanted. Yeah. You people demand a lot sometimes. Uh, uh, looking at the foundation of what the game is, it just feels like it's the beta version of what should be here. Or a late alpha that, you know, there should be more. There should be more polish. There, uh, the Bard College should actually be, you know, something worth going to. Uh, the magic system, it feels like they need twice as many spells. Uh, the fact that they don't have the magic system or the uh, magic curation system in place. You know, it's just all these little things. The fact that the horses and the horses were actually uh, patched to allow combat. Before that, you couldn't even fight on the fucking horses. Yeah. So it's just all these things make it feel like an unfinished game and you have to go... Uh, Skyrim to me is a game that I'll play for an hour, two hours. I find something that pisses me off, then I go get a mod to fix it. And rinse and repeat into the, until the save breaks. Right. Well, my final thoughts are, first of all, I disagree with everything that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I mean, you know, even the base Skyrim I really enjoy. I mean, I had to enjoy it to play it for hundreds of hours. I had other games in college. It's not like this was the only game I had. Um, but it became the only game I played because I really liked it that much, even at its base. Um, but going forward, whenever the next Elder Scrolls game comes out in a couple of three years, um, I don't. I hope it's better. I don't think I would ever come back and play Skyrim when the next one comes. I would go back and play Oblivion. Like I'm, I have played through Oblivion multiple don't times be, over the last decade. You know, what, it'll be an interesting game club when. Uh, Oblivion eventually comes up. Yeah. Because it is on the list. Yeah. I've played Oblivion for at least 2,000 hours. Um, my old save on my Xbox 360, uh, I had two saves that were over 1,000 hours and one save that was in the 500-hour mark. I've played through it for probably 100 or 150 hours on PC, the non-Steam version, and then I've played the Steam version for like 60 hours. Like, I love Oblivion. I don't care that I know the quests inside and out, and I know exactly all the little tricks to do things and still remember the duplication glitches that you can do with scrolls after they fix the one with arrows. And like, <laughs> oh, the, the one with arrows was hilarious because I, I may have filled up a few towns with uh, watermelons. Yeah, I've done that. Um, but, you know, like, I, I know all of this or stuff. Or cheese. Cheese for everyone. Cheese wheels all around. And I mean, I know all of this stuff. And you know, to some people that might be boring, but I love it. The the, the paint gl- uh, the paintbrush glitch. You know, I installed Oblivion on on my laptop because it, it runs really well on my laptop because it's from like 2005 or six. And I mm-hmm. actually played Oblivion some while we were playing Skyrim. Like, I love that game, and so you know, I I really enjoy Skyrim. But the main reason I play Skyrim is be- right now is because of how technically superior it is to Oblivion. But when the next one comes out, I'll still go back to Oblivion. I don't think I'll ever come back to Skyrim when the next Elder Scrolls comes out. Unless it's mm-hmm. just garbage. So, those are my final thoughts on Skyrim. Um, so now we've got, what, like 15 minutes worth of audio letter about Skyrim? 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy that, and we'll be back in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> hey, guys, Ghost Shark here. Uh, sending you in a little something about Skyrim. Uh, what to say about it? You know, I had something prepared for this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I started typing up something. Um, thought it was going to be pretty good. And turns out I have like two and a half, well, I, well, I won't say two and a half pages. It's not that much. At least a full page of some cockamamie story of me having to deal with the Hearthstone mod. And when I say dealing with it, I mean getting sucked into it um, and not being able to actually progress in the story at all because I want to build my house. Um, and then going into a bunch of stuff of the mods I was using and all that. So that was when I was going to defend my uh, slightly less than crazier than normal amount of mods I, I was using at the time when you guys were said you were wanting to keep it fairly vanilla. Um, that being said, uh, I'm not going to use any of that letter. Uh, we're we're going to scrap this, and you're getting this completely raw and uncut. Um, Skyrim's always been one of my favorite games that I've never been able to play. And when I say never been able to play it, I mean, I've done stuff with it. Uh, I, I have a love-and-hate relationship of big open-world games like that where I fall in love with the exploration of the game, you know, and finding everything there is to see in the world or finding interesting things and people. But I get so wrapped up in the exploration of the world that I don't actually complete objectives. Um, it's only if a game is really well put together and very, very engrossing um, for an open world kind of thing that I would actually see it done to completion. Um, Mass Effect is one of those kind of games, but this isn't a podcast about Mass Effect. This is about Skyrim. Uh, so yeah, Skyrim has for me at least, an amazing story, an amazing world. Um, I guess another tweak for it is the fact that I love cold weather and snow and anything else like that. So um, when it's balls hot in the middle of summer, uh, I usually tend to install Skyrim and then just kind of stare at the scenery and hope for winter. Um, that being said... Uh, Story-wise, I, I love the, the sweeping story to it. Um, the farthest I've ever gotten, I, I'm assuming there's going to be a spoiler warning to all this stuff, um, the farthest I've ever really gotten in the main storyline is the uh, slightly past Alduin's Wall. Um, I think I've met Parthenax. Yes, I know I have. I remember that now. Um, anyway... <clears throat> That's about as far that I've, as, I've ever, as I've ever gotten uh, in the main story. I end up hitting up side quests or building houses or checking out other mods. You know, I've I've gone through a fairly decent chunk of the the Dawnguard expansion. Um, Dawnguard, yeah, Dawnguard. Um, I have seen almost the entirety of the Dark Brotherhood campaign. Um, same with the Thieves Guild. Uh, I have on occasion done a little bit in the Mages Guild, but not much because I've never really been one to uh, do 
magic and a dedicated magic character. So, <clears throat> uh, the whole yes, there are issues to the game. Um, there are bugs and crazy things, uh, and a lot of it can be solved with mods, or a lot of it can be exacerbated by mods, which is another point that I absolutely love about the game. Uh, it's it's progressed into something so much more than what it was originally intended to be. That's one thing, you know, like them or hate them, and I, I do like them. They're, they're kind of getting a few strikes in my book on, you know, in the bad book late, recently. But Bethesda really had some great forward thinking when they built their framework the way they did to be able to support mods the way it does. I mean, the fact that the community uh, is able to create the unofficial patches to fix the the bugs and the what and all the odds and things that are broken with the game, uh, and make it seamless. As long as nothing else gets added into the game, true. Um, that's that's a whole other story. Uh, there, there should be like a whole master class on uh, modding Skyrim or Fallout and all that stuff. And in fact, that actually there is a lot of the stuff I get is from uh, Gopher, the the YouTuber who has made mods for all of the games and does some amazing playthroughs and stuff. So now I know what you're thinking. Um, if the game's so good, why does it have bugs and why are we having to fix it on our own rather than Skyrim than uh, Bethesda fixing it? Well, my personal opinion and take on it is that they can't they can't find everything. You know, these games are so massive. There's millions upon millions of lines of code. Um, something's going to slip through. And the more people that are involved in a project that big, the more chances something is that things can actually slip through. I know it seems kind of counterproductive, but I've seen it many times. The more the more eyes you can get on a project sometimes, the worse it's going to be because the assumption is that, oh, well, somebody's got, somebody will find that one and I don't have to report anything or, you know, I, there's a myriad of reasons why it doesn't work, but it's just my my personal opinion in, with life in general that that's how things go. Um, that's why you see games like Stardew Valley being so such an amazing project with just one guy involved. But anyway, we're, again, we're not talking about Stardew Valley or Mass Effect. We're talking about Skyrim. Um, I don't know. The, the mining community is one of the biggest selling points of the game for me. And, uh, you know, I just noticed that I'm just realizing now that I'm rambling quite a bit here. So I'm going to go ahead and stop before my stuff just gets to be an incoherent mess. Uh, and I will let you guys go back to discussing or let other people get into the mix here. But all in all, I will say that Skyrim is definitely one of my all-time favorites, even though I have never really gotten as far as some people have gotten in a game um it's still an absolute blast to play and every time i get the urge to play it I, half of the fun for me is reorganizing my uh list of what i want to build mod wise and you know the kind of character i want to be and the direction i want to go in the adventures so starting off i have a really fun time of doing all that kind of stuff and then i usually end up trying to just gather wood and metal and 
other bits and bobs for my house to try and turn it into, you know, extreme home makeover Skyrim edition. So, anyways, I will talk to you later, guys. At first, I planned to play the main story of Skyrim in the special edition and therefore started playing as soon as it came out. But from there on, things went down. The first thing uh, I encountered was that it didn't look better. Although I have to admit that I don't have a direct comparison as I played it the last time like years ago. Instead, they messed up the lightning so that there were deep shadows in weird places which were really obvious. Also, I realized that it sounded awful, which after some googling was because they butchered the sound compression, as all of this happened more or less within the first fi 15 minutes of gameplay, I just stopped playing it, deinstalled it, and played some more Kerbal, which is a really good game. As I still want to say at least something positive about Skyrim, I'm now going to talk about the normal edition, which I played years ago. Besides the aged graphics, horrible UI for keyboard and mouse, and weird dead faces, I think that it can be a very immersive, beautiful game. They were able to build an interesting world with many little details you can explore, and there's a lot to do outside the main quest, which is yet another predictable standout RPG story. So my score is better than No Man's Sky. And that in every point, because Skyrim has a story, has an interesting world, different towns and houses, and not just the same station all over again, Points of interest are within suitable range and it's not a walking simulator. A uh, way better crafting system, better inventory system, and you can even fast travel to places you've been before. So after all, I think, although Skyrim is not a, an outstanding good game, it's enjoyable. And I think you can play it for a decent amount of time, although... You probably will never play the main story toward the end. Alright, that's all from me. That's Groove, signing off. So, Nerdbro, uh, what's on the agenda for the show tonight? Alright, so uh, Crash, the show tonight's going to be about Skyrim, and uh, we're going to have some callers, so vamp for a little bit while I get them on the line. Uh, we put out an internet ad for this, so we should get some pretty high-quality guests. Alright, sounds good, nerd bro. Uh, yeah, so I guess work your sound booth magic, and uh, let's do this. Alright, sounds good, Crash. You're live in three, two... Alright, this is Crash, broadcasting to the Scrub Squad on WBRO, the latest station this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about Skyrim. Now, uh, tonight's going to be a little bit special. We've got some call-in guests, uh, so looking at you, nerd bro. Alright, yeah, it looks like we have our first guest. Alright, you're live. Hello, caller. Hi, Crash. What's up, bro? Here's a question for you. What goes better with bananas? Ketchup, mayo, or mustard? Okay, solid question, bro. Uh, I would actually go with none of the above. I feel that uh, bananas pair well with uh, horseradish. And if you want to bro it up a little bit, I mean, <laughs> come on, bro, who doesn't? Uh, you might want to have a tumbler of whiskey uh, beside that. And that's just going to be your solid bro gamer fuel right there. All right, thanks for calling in. Uh, do we have another caller? Okay, cool. Caller, you're on WBRO the bro. Hey, Crash, I heard you doing a call about Skyrim, so I just had to call in since it's like my favorite game ever. So, my question is this. I want to launch a craft in Minmus. I have a bunch of extra room 
to bring back as much of that mini goodness as possible. So, like, where should I store it? Like, in the empty fuel tanks? I'm thinking I might enhance the flavor, but I wanted to ask you what you thought. Uh, you know, I actually don't know. Uh, that would actually think be a question for the boys down in the lab. Uh, thanks for the call in, and uh, glad to hear that you like Skyrim. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a quick break now, uh, but we'll be back after these messages. Yo, nerd bro, are you screening these? Yeah, those are some pretty high-quality guests, right? No, nerd bro. The first guy was fine. The second guy, he kind of sounded like an over-eager woods clown who was a little bit too anxious, if you catch my drift. Uh, sorry about that, Crash. All right, uh, we're back live in three, two... All right, welcome back to the bro. My name is Crash, and tonight we're taking calls about Skyrim. It looks like we have another caller. All right, caller, you're on the line. Thanks for calling in to the bro. Hey, Crash, Caffeine Rage here. I got somebody that's trying very hard to pull me into Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, well, the zombie mode of it, uh, rather against my will. And I want to know how I can I make myself not be a complete fool when I finally uh, can actually play this game and he doesn't decide to try to get me to play when I'm actually busy with something else. Okay, yeah, so that's a pretty common question that we get around here. So basically, if your uh, if your friend, I have no idea what the relationship is here, uh, if your friend is trying to get you to play Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies, number one, you should totally take him up on that. Uh, but number two, uh, just watch what he does, and then ask questions, just basically try to get the feel of the game by just observation and asking a lot of questions. And uh, that'll get you pretty far in the Call of Duty Black Ops sphere. So uh, thanks for calling in, Rage. Uh, looks like we got another caller. All right, caller, you're on with Crash on the Bro. Hey, Crash, it's your cousin. Want to- Nope, okay, next caller. Hey, Crash, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just had a quick question to Skyrim, then I'll let you get back to your awesome show. So I was wondering, what's your favorite meal of the day? Mine's lunch, but sometimes I really like breakfast. But okay. sometimes I have a really awesome pizza for dinner, so then that's, like, my favorite meal of the day. But usually it's lunch, uh-huh. except for on Sunday. Then I get up late and I skip breakfast, so lunch becomes my breakfast. And usually <laughs> my dinner becomes my lunch, and then that's my favorite meal of the day. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I guess that's about it. I was just wondering what your favorite meal is. So, uh, yeah, okay, I'll talk to you later. Well, my favorite meal of the day is less of a meal uh, and more of just my gamer fuel sessions, and that's basically where I eat Mountain Dew Doritos. I'm glad to hear that you have a favorite uh, single meal. Anyways, this this has just been awful. Uh, we have time for one more call. Caller, you're on the bro. Please, please pull this out of the ditch. Hey, Crash. This is Kyle. Um, my question about Skyrim is this. What is your single biggest regret in life? Well, uh, right now, I would actually say this show right here, right now. Nobody talked about Skyrim. What the hell was even the point of doing this radio show? Anyways, thanks for calling. Just, this, this was a horrible idea. I might see you next week on WBRO The Bro. Hey, nerd bro. Uh, yeah, what's up, Crash? Uh, where exactly on the internet did you post about this? Uh, yeah, I put the ad up on uh, Craigslist and basically spammed it to every single place that Craigslist has. Alright, so maybe next time, don't use fucking Craigslist. <sighs> oh my god, tonight was terrible. I am just gonna, I am gonna go to the bar and drink just a, quite frankly, irresponsible amount of alcohol. And thank you everybody for all of your contributions to making this game club even longer. <laughs> Did we hit Come two on, hours? We had to take a couple of breaks in there. Oh, uh, come on. My timer only shows two hours, 35 minutes right now. Okay, so we hit about an hour and a half, which is what I thought we were going to for Game Club. And that is, of course, before you add in the audio letters to lengthen it. Yeah. But after Game Club, that means it's time for a new vote-ning. Um, yep. 
Well, first we have our pick from the last voting, which we never announced because uh, that was in the middle of all the crisis with the game club trying to figure out what the fuck are we going to do. Right. Go ahead. So the uh, new game uh, that we're going to be playing is Crimson Skies. Indeed. Uh, this is an abandonware game, so you are going to have to go hunt this down. I, uh, if I, I'm uh, testing a uh, link that I found right now. Uh, if I find it's working before I put together the show notes, I will uh, link to where I got this. This is a, a game from 2001, I believe. Uh, it's going to not be great uh, for uh, modern systems. You're going to have to play it in window mode, or you're going to have to stretch it <laughs> to get widescreen mode working. Yeah. Uh, also, if you happen to have an original Xbox kicking around, yeah, uh, you can play it, it on that. I wonder how much yeah, but it why costs. would you have such an old potato? <laughs> the Xbox was pretty powerful back in the day. <laughs> Let's see, how much does it cost on eBay? I bet it's going to be a lot of money. Actually, no. If you if you've got an old Xbox kicking around and you don't have it, you want to buy it. It's uh, two dollars and forty seven cents. So, on eBay, uh, there's a like if you buy a sealed version, obviously it's a lot more, but. Used version, three, four bucks, it looks like. Some of them free shopping, some of them not. And obviously this will vary based on your country. Um, yeah. But at least in the U.S., you can get it for a couple of bucks. Yeah, so this is one of those places where, you know, piracy really saves the game because th- this isn't available digitally at all. No. I'm checking on Amazon now. Amazon's usually a little more consistent even across regions. Uh, Amazon box copy of the PC version is $41 right now. Mm-hmm. If you do have it on Xbox, though, it looks like you can get it for... A few bucks, uh, ten bucks is the top, and it says all the way down to one cent, but that's probably a crappy condition one. That 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 no, that's probably someone selling it for one penny and then you know selling it, shipping for you know fifty dollars. Oh yeah, good point. So, yep, Crimson Skies. All right, so our new voting, which is going to air. Uh, or- this is going to be the last Tuesday of December. Then, if we're. Uh- Oh, oh, how do we want? This is something else we probably should have figured out. Do we want the VGL uh, uh, awards being the twentieth and with the and keeping the game club uh, the last Tuesday of the month, or swap them? Uh, no, we should do that. We should keep the game club the last episode of the month, and we'll do the VGL okay. awards. That episode will come out uh, Christmas Eve, so I yeah, think that's that uh, can be our Christmas present to you. The VGL awards. Uh, the VGL awards will come out uh, the twenty third. Twenty. The, okay, 23rd. Yeah, 24th. Yes, Christmas on a Sunday. You're right. It's 23rd. Um, yeah, and if my math is correct, that also is our 52nd episode. Yeah. <laughs> so this is our, our anniversary and Christmas present all wrapped up in one for you guys. Um, we'll go over the VGL Awards in more detail in the next week or two. We've got all our categories finalized. We don't have all of our submissions finalized and there's also going to be some audience participation. So we'll cover all of that soon, but this week was so packed we couldn't get into that. Yeah. Anyways, we still have to list so, the games uh, for the voting. Yep. Uh, the games for the voting is, well, I'm doing a double pack just to make things even longer. <laughs> right. Uh, mostly because the first game is uh, so short. Portal and Portal 2. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a caveat to this. If we do Portal and Portal 2, you have to analyze GLaDOS after you play the single player of Portal 2. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I can do that. Sound good? I can do that. <laughs> Audience, if you want to both hear us talk about a great game or a great series, set of games, whatever, uh, do that. And also, if you want to hear me psycho or do a psychoanalysis on Gladys, I'll probably write up a, a case study of her. <laughs> well, uh, uh, whatever you uh, wish. I just wanted Gladys analyzed, particularly after uh, the events of Portal 2. Okay. Can do. Because uh, Portal 2 uh, is uh, one of those games that I think I could safely recommend to nearly anyone. Because a lot of people are kind of turned off by violence in video games. But uh, Portal and Portal 2 are very, very simple puzzle games at the start. But they do a great job of teaching you. Yeah. And before you know it, you're doing some really complex things that if you look at it from the outside, it's like, how the fuck did I do that? Yeah. So uh, just great games overall. Yep. Okay, my pick is... And plus, we also did the uh, co-op uh, recently, so we would be able to talk about that as well. Yeah. Uh, my pick was FTL. That's Faster Than Light, if you're not aware. It is an indie darling from a few years ago that still holds up very well. Uh, it is available on iPad. I'm not sure if it's available on Android, but it's definitely available on iPad um, and also on PC. Um, the iPad version is incredibly good. Uh, if I have it, uh, because whenever they did the, what was it? One of their advanced versions or whatever that like the really big update. If you owned it on PC, you could also get a copy for iOS for a short time. Uh, there's no Android point port of FTL and they have no interest in doing it. Okay. I guess they're allergic to money. <laughs> well, Android has something like a 90 or 95% piracy rate for big titles. So true. I mean, you know, it might not be worth their money. But anyways, it plays really well on tablet as well as PC. So, um, you know, depending on what you have and, and what your desires are, you can play through a, a round of FTL in as fast as a few minutes if you die immediately. Or Well, you can say that about a lot of games, actually. Yeah, fair play. Um, or you can play, you know, a, a run can take you a couple of hours if you do really well. But I would say average run would be anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. With, with the successful being hour and a half to two. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're taking your time, if you're, uh, if you know the game fairly well, you could probably get a successful run down to an hour. And this is a brutally difficult game. Like not unfairly. It's just really hard. Even on easy, you, your win loss ratio will be in the toilet. Well, I'm, uh, Oh, I have a little disagreement there already. <laughs> okay. So if you want to hear us disagree some more. <laughs> right. And the game that we decided to play, or, you know, on together to suggest is uh, Reseteer. Reseteer is a really cute um, game uh, that... This is Sim uh, slash uh, action RPG dungeon crawler. Yeah. It's a really awesome game with some dis- disparate mechanics that you would think wouldn't go well together. But the developers really took some time and care and effort to make this game. And it all works really nicely together. So, fun game. Um, I would suggest that you look it up. It's really difficult to describe, honestly, in just a couple of minutes. So look up some stuff on Reseteer if you're more interested. Uh, Okay. Well, let's move on from this then. And move on to the only news topic, which we received several requests to talk about this this week. So yeah, uh, if this wasn't uh, requested so much, we probably would have cut it. Yeah, because I haven't had time to play No Man's Sky since the new update came well, out. I, d- I don't think the update is out on PC yet. It is. 
Um, oh, it is? Yeah, it is. Um, the, well, we'll be launching you into a space, for your little space monkey later. Yeah, it was available last week, or maybe it was over the weekend for consoles. Um, and then people who had access to the beta build were able to play it this weekend and Monday or it was either yesterday or today that it went live on PC. Cause I, I downloaded it, um, and have got it. I just haven't had a chance to play it. But so yeah, I guess I should actually read the news topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, let's see, where is it on the list? Here we go. No Man's Sky delivers the, and I'm making air quotes here, foundations update. So, first of all, so it turns out this was early access. Yeah, first of all, good, jam- good job on the name, guys. Um, it'd be pretty hard to pick a shittier name for your first, I don't know, content update. I, I disagree. Expansion, whatever. Uh, because a foundation that implies that you know they're starting to build the game. I mean, that's fair. I see what you're saying, but out of all the names uh, they could have uh, picked, uh, they picked the one that was the most easily yeah criticizable. That's why I like it. Fair play. And also, uh, they're they're saying that this isn't even all the base building. This is the foundation of the base building. Yeah, that's why they're calling it foundations. They're saying, oh, this is the beginning system or like the the beginnings of a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to add to the game and all of this cool stuff that we're going to do. And Welcome to Early Access, boys. Yeah. I will say watching the trailer... For yeah, it, the trailer it was looks, uh, very impressive. It looks impressive. But here's the thing. Here's the thing is that Hello Games can make trailers look very impressive for very shitty projects. Yeah. Because we've found this out before with a little game called No Man's Sky. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it looks impressive, but I have zero faith in them, so I don't believe any of it's true. Um. So I'm looking for the – because we've got like five things here. I'm looking for the one that actually lists off all the stuff that's in the update so I can talk about uh, it. It's the one linking directly to uh, uh, Hello Games, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I got uh, it. To, to No Man's Sky. I got yeah, it. No Man's Sky.com. So what this does is um, it basically does the survival thing and has different game modes now. So you've got normal mode, which is the game as it was when it launched. You have creative mode, which is you know you're invincible – and you have unlimited resources, go explore, and you can build, you know, bases or whatever you want. And then there's survival mode, which apparently turns the already unfair and frustrating and wildly swinging survival elements up to 11. Um, people have been saying that it's brutal, and yeah, they've been unable to get off of their home planet. There's a lot of that. Um, it also adds base building. Which, the way that the base building system works is that there are little hubs that you can find on planets. I mean, they're kind of like, they're like little sheds, basically. And whenever you find a shed, you can claim it as yours and then build a base around the shed. Yeah, but you better hope nobody else shows up. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, I don't, on the one hand, I like it. I, I, I just want to ask one question. Okay, this is supposed to be an exploration game. I understand that the uh, freighters make sense. Right. But building a base on a planet when the entire point of the game is to never fucking see that planet again? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. On the one hand, I like it because you do find things that you're like, man, I wish I could, you know, be able to come back and check this out because it looks really cool or it produces, like, amazing screenshots or it just, like, gives me this feeling inside for whatever reason. So on the one hand, usually like, revulsion that you paid sixty dollars for this game. 
So on the one hand, I'm just <laughs> going to breeze by that. On the one hand, you know, I see why. But on the other hand, like, yeah, this game has been advertised as, you know, go everywhere, explore everything. Don't stay in the same place for too long, you know. Um, so it's kind of counterintuitive to me, but whatever. I mean, I like that. And there's some elements to the base building that sound pretty cool. You can recruit people to work at your base and... Um, oh no, more than one alien in one place. Yeah. Whatever will we do? Yeah, you can have up to five aliens in your base. <gasps> five, wow. That each handle different things and you can now research technology spending resources instead of having to find it randomly. Um, that's probably the best application of bases, but you can also do all this stuff on your freighter, so I don't understand. Um, Honestly, can, if they didn't have the base building on planet and just focused on uh, having freighters that you could... Uh, have as a mobile base that would have made a lot more sense to me yeah the freighters make a ton more sense but whatever um so and uh, that's nice uh, I mean, grand 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 uh the base building is essentially the same system as building out your freighter uh the uh the inerts of it yeah it's just on planet instead of uh in a a shell of a freighter yeah so it's more they're just applying the same system twice than anything else. To me, the way it makes the most sense is you can – one of the things you can craft in your base is a teleporter that will take you directly to the space station in, in a system if there is one. So it makes sense to me to fly around, find a planet that has lots of rare resources on it, build a base there, and just farm those resources until you have enough money to buy a freighter. And, you know, just teleport back and forth to the, the space station to sell stuff until you get the, the trading attachment for your base. And then once you do that, buy a freighter. And never build another base again. Boy, this seems really interesting. <laughs> I mean, I find that interesting, but at the same time, like, I don't trust that it's going to be good. So we'll see. Um, well, uh, what, also something that kind of pisses me off. Uh, did you read the link, uh, the uh, tweet Sean Murray tweeted out? No. Uh, it's the archive link. Click it. Okay. I wanted to get your uh, first thoughts on this because this kind of pissed me off, actually. If you could have lived our lives over the last months, you'd know how meaningful this is. Uh, Are, is it just me or are they playing the victim card I here? feel like they're playing the victim card. It's totally your fault, guys. I mean, we everyone could get past the sh the, the shittiness of the game if you, uh, if you, you at least talked about it. And, and here's the thing is that before this uh, game came out, he couldn't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a solid, I think it was 90 days or 98 days. It was 90 something days because some, they put up a counter it was on the right subreddit. at three months. Yeah, it was, th it was three months that we didn't hear from them on anything meaningful. They had a couple of little things like, we're still working, but not Sean Murray and nothing of, of any substance. Yeah. It, yeah, the only thing that broke Sean Murray away from the taint of uh, the hookers I was snorting coke off of <laughs> uh, was when they got hooked, they, they got hacked. And he uh, tweeted out, hey, you guys still hacked? Yeah. Um, so, okay, so other things the update adds is farming, which is part of the base building system, but... Yeah, hydroponics. Yeah, hydroponics, which that's kind of neat, kind of cute, but whatever. Well, that makes more sense in the frigates. It does. It honest. does make more sense. Um, this is the only part of the base building that I think makes sense, like the most sense to me, is you now have little pieces of things that you can place down in the world. Um, and some of them, okay, a couple of them yeah, should yeah, have been point. there from the beginning or should not even have things that have to be placed, like saving. You shouldn't yeah. have to find a save point. It may be like in hardcore mode, fine. But in the regular game, you shouldn't have to find a save point to save. And waypoints. 
freaking waypoints. That should not even be a feature in an update. That should have just been. Um, you also can now scan planets. I can't hear you. I'm uh, snorting uh, Coca-Cola hookers <laughs> tank. You can now scan planets for for resources, and it will point you in the general direction of of deposits. And that makes it easier to figure out which planets to go to or avoid. Because if you're looking for something to make an upgrade or whatever, you just fly around until you find it, basically. And it has field equipment, like mining, uh, little mining drones, drones and um, safe uh, beacons that you can build, and communication terminals, which was something that was advertised as being part of the game anyways, being able to leave messages for people to find on planets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those things make sense. Ha ha, you wasted $60. <laughs> um. And then I would just start leaving as read up messages the uh, system would allow me if I if I actually bought this game. <laughs> um, they also added freighters, which we've kind of talked about, but basically freighters. Freighters are fl- uh, flying versions of the bases. Yeah, they're flying versions of the bases. You can get a crew of aliens to do stuff. Um, you can have more than I think five, but there's really only the five ones that matter. Um, and you can do everything in a freighter that you can do on a base, except like you said, fly around. And there's different types but we don't know anything about the different types yet so we'll have to find out what those do um they added new resources and technology you can produce and they added inventory stacking which was one of the biggest complaints i had it's like why can't i stack these little chips that would fit in my pocket no they each take up an inventory slot well now they can stack um and then they also but but they talk about that being a great feature uh, yeah the best feature Huge feature. They also, the greatest feature. They also added some, or changed the UI a little bit. Um, they made things. Yeah. Icons a little clearer. Yeah. They added, uh, like little things that show you how much your health is being drained or whatever, which is useful because you really didn't know most of the time. Yeah. Change, uh, change indicators. Yeah. It was basically either a rate of change, I guess is the proper term for it. Yeah. Before it was basically like, well, this isn't really doing much to me. Um, or it's like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm dying immediately every time I step out of my ship. <clears throat> um, and then they, you know, they did a, a few other nice quality of life things where the, the resources before had just generic icons and now they each have, uh, the, their periodic table symbol, um, mm-hmm. or the, the periodic shorthand for them on the icons, which is nice. Um, and you can teleport stuff to your starship without having to be close to it. Or in it. So that's handy. That's about it. I mean, they were like, we added motion blur to our game, which I hate motion blur. Why would, uh, they, why is that a good feature? Or they added more motion blur, I should say. Which, I hate motion blur, but they're sure, excited make the about game it. run uh, even shittier. And then they added, uh, TAA, temporal anti-aliasing to the game. Mm-hmm. And I just turned anti-aliasing off because it doesn't game doesn't really have that many jaggies anyways, and it was such a performance hog. Yeah. Well, well, see, No Man's Sky runs so well that yeah, you, you can afford to run a temporal AA. Yeah. I love how they make a big <laughs> deal out of it too. Like TAA has been around for a long time now. They're like, we added this new technology, temporal anti-aliasing, and it's like, okay, whatever. But I guess, you know, we've said this before. The majority of audiences for games aren't like us. We're the minority who know all this stuff. So, I mean, I guess I could see that being flashy. Um, and then they have just, like, a list of all the bug fixes that supposedly happened. 
But yeah. in at least the beta version and the first version to go up on console, uh, there were a lot of people complaining that the performance drops were as bad, if not close to as bad, um, <laughs> as when the game first released. Despite all of these numerous bug fixes and everything. So, good job, guys, on fixing those bugs. Uh, see you in about six months. <laughs> well, well, there is one other thing, is that uh, people were rooting around in the patch, and they found a folder called Buggy. Oh, yeah, there's uh, a rumor that there's going to be ground vehicles. Oh, oh wait, that's not the uh, main uh, name for the uh, fo- root folder of this game? Touche. <laughs> but that's not known for sure. People just think that it is. There's a model that looks kind of like a ground vehicle, and uh, or like and it's it, called a buggy. Yeah, and it's called a buggy. Which I'm not convinced of that either. There are quite a few spaceships that look like they should be have wheels on them in No Man's Sky. So maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to get my hopes up for ground transportation either. I think when it comes to No Man's Sky, that's the that's the phrase you should be using uh, overall. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. And what 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 really disappoints me is that even before this patch came out uh, and with the uh, trailer for it, the hype train just completely went absolutely batshit again. Yeah, and I would accuse people of having the memory of fucking goldfish. But it's been proven that goldfish have a memory of at least three months. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I'm just sitting here thinking, they lied to you before. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to like No Man's Sky when I first played it. I mean, we went through over and over all kinds of stuff with that when it released. And like, and the entire time I was sitting here just shaking my head. Yeah. And I mean, there were genuine things that I really like about No Man's Sky. I'm, I want... I'm hoping, I don't know, whatever the right phrase is. I just, I want this to make the game, like before it was pretty close to 50-50, and eventually I just couldn't take it. I I would like it if this shifted it more towards like 75-25, because I've played a lot of games at 75-25 and been able to forgive the 25, and then I could enjoy the game. You know, I'm going to try it, uh, but I don't have any expectations. Yo, I'm really, you know what, I'm really looking forward to, Update wise to No Man's Sky. What? Uh, the patch in about 2173. No Man's Sky. Okay, we're finally got everything we promised in it. <laughs> 2173, that's a pretty optimistic I, I guess. Know, I'm, yeah, I'm being very optimistic here. Because uh, they got freighters in and they got base built again. So that's two things off the massive checklist that they could uh, take off. And it only took them three months. Yeah. Uh, granted that we don't know how far along the, these systems were before, and they're not done with these systems uh, because they say this is a foundation of the of the base building system. So, you know, there's going to be more to this. I think they finally caved under the pressure. I think that's what this is. Because they realized, oh crap, we got to get something out, otherwise we're going to have no players left. Yeah, I mean they've been getting ripped to shreds. Their player numbers were dropping on PC. I mean, their prairie numbers were almost dead on PC, and they had been dropping on PlayStation. There were pictures everywhere of like, oh, look at all the bargain bin of No Man's Sky. And it's like, you know, a huge bin yeah. filled with, you know, hundreds of copies of No Man's Sky. I've seen uh, bargain bins, uh, pictures of them with, uh, you know, only copies of No Man's Sky. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, let's see. What's the player? Wow. They, um, 
went from 400 to a peak of four of, uh, well, uh, it's going downhill again. It's, uh, right at 7,000 for, uh, the 24 hour peak. That's a hell of a jump actually. Yeah. Granted, it doesn't compare to their all time peak of 212,321. No, it does not. You know, but I, I do think that this was them like caving, like, okay, we were just going to keep, you know, plugging away at this until it was finished and maybe get it out. I don't know, in six months. That's just off the top of the, my head. The summer update. Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, like the anniversary update or whatever, you know. But they were like, we, we are in so much in so much shit right now. We have to do something. And so they yeah, pushed out what they could that was complete or far enough along that, you know, it's not completely broken. And we're like, okay, here's an update. Jeez, leave us alone. It's going to be interesting to see in a couple of weeks what the player numbers are going to be. Yeah. Because already they've lost just in the couple of days uh, about, eh, I would say, a thousand players off peak. Granted, that is coming from, uh, I think, Sunday to Wednesday. Yeah. So it may just be days of the week. But yeah, that's that's not a good trend. No, it's not. Um, okay. Well, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say about it this week without actually having played it. We'll talk about it next week when I've played it, and who knows, maybe over the next couple of weeks as I kind of suss out the good and the bad, or just the bad. <laughs> I seriously doubt it's going to be all good. Even if I had, like, maximum faith in them, I there's always bad stuff in every update. Regardless of who you are. But No Man's Sky probably could get it all wrong. Hello Games could probably that's yeah, Hello Games could probably get it all wrong. Probably. <laughs> yes, probably. Okay. But uh that's people wanting us to hear about uh talk about No Man's Sky, so let's uh dive quickly into the community corner. <laughs> yes, let's do that. We might actually get done by two thirty. Um, okay, so we had a letter. a letter from from Ghost Shark, an audio letter. So let's play the audio letter, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Well, like six minutes, I think. <laughs> Greetings, guys. Ghost Shark here with another audio letter. So I wanted to kind of start off this one mentioning a game that uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about. Uh, it's won some awards recently um, from the, the Golden Joystick Awards. Uh, it's a game called Overwatch. Um, not sure if you've heard about it or not. Now, in all seriousness, um, I, I am a pretty big Overwatch fan, and uh, for good reasons. Um, I, I think it's a very well put together game. I think it's very well deserved for what it had, what it, the awards that it got. Um, it's not quite TF2. I hear it referenced to that a lot, um, but it, it the reason I say I don't think it is is because where TF2, you had characters, true, but the characters were just the classes. Um, with Overwatch, you have different people, and each person does something a little bit different in terms of their role in the game. So, you know, one defense person or player or character, I mean, is not going to be the same as another defensive character. 
you know, one healer does his healing jobs a lot differently than a different other, than another healer. So, um, now I, I have thought about this a lot and I, I am kind of a closet blizzard fan. So, um, I did a lot to try and decide whether I was being a blizzard fanboy or just if I could distance myself. And I honestly feel that it's, it's a, I can distance myself. The game is just good whether it was blizzard or not. Um, in fact, I would love to be able to play it more often. I don't get to all that much because I don't know many people that do play it. So I've never really hit too high in the rankings and I've never done any ranked play yet. So, um, I would love to change that if other people in the VGL community do play. I would definitely be interested in teaming up and, um, you know, getting into the competitive scene a bit, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Anyway, that's just my two thoughts on that one. Um, the other one you were talking about was Overwatch. Or not Overwatch. Yeah, you already mentioned Overwatch. Um, Ingress and Pokemon Go. Um, you were talking about interactions in the game and, you know, how they're, they're kind of simple games and stuff like that. And they are, but um, that's kind of the point behind it. Uh, it's, it's meant to get people involved with each other and help share information uh, rather than you know, allow, just relying on a game to do the job for it. Uh, while Pokemon, well, while Pokemon Go has less group strategy than Ingress, there's no small amount of shared stories or experiences to be had for people who are still playing either game. Um, as for Ingress, the amount of things you can do with the minimal interface is nothing short of amazing. Just to give you a quick idea of how the game works, as an agent, you visit portals throughout the world. Your faction scores points if you like three portals, link three portals together into a triangle. The more landmass is covered, the greater the score for your faction. Now, you can't link two portals if they can't reach each other, or if there's another link intersecting your potential link. So to simplify things, the bigger the field you want to make, the more links you have to clear in order to throw some good links between the portals you want. Okay. Um... Oh, and you also have to have keys for the portal that you wanted to throw a link to, which means you have to have either physically been at that portal or have been handed the key by someone who has visited that, that portal. So with this description, you can see how planning and... Wait, what? Man, this script is horrible. Who wrote this? What the... And my watch is going crazy, too. Um, anyways, you can see the level of planning involved in making a successful op and that's not even taking into account if the opposite faction is actively opposing you. It can take anything from a handful of agents to several dozen, depending on the op. From key deliveries to lane clearing to counterlink or spaghetti defense, a lot goes into closing up a field. Myself, I only work on a couple big ones, big ops. Uh, nothing is organized or meticulously planned as what the norm seems to be. It was usually done via Google Hangouts or text messages, just asking who's in the area, what keys they had, and who's willing, how late they're willing to stay up and stay out. Uh, the biggest I ever spearheaded was a field big enough to cover two whole counties and most of the St. Louis. But I was part of a crew that helped clear lanes for an impromptu guerrilla op that ended up covering up the entire state of Missouri and pretty big chunks of Illinois and Iowa. What am I getting at? I don't know. I'm not too sure at this point. My brain's taking so many sharp turns down nostalgia lane just kind of prepping and planning for this uh letter that i don't even know where my initial point was going to be 
I guess I'll just finish this up by saying I don't really consider Pokemon Go or Ingress to be games per se, but more of a sociable experiment or experience, something to bring people together under a common goal. From my experiences, people who've never been, who never would have even thought to associate with each other end up working together and maybe even gaining some valuable friendships in the, me- in the meantime. Not too unlike some weird little game about little green aliens trying and mostly succeeding to get into space by bring, you know, causing a handful of fans to be, be an even closer knit group of, uh, players from the original community. So, alright, I'm starting to trip over my words and all my electronic devices seem to be going haywire at the moment, so I'm going to wrap this letter up and hear what you guys gotta say about it. Alright, thank you Ghost Shark, sir, for your audio letter. Um, I think I'm gonna respectfully disagree with him on Overwatch. Uh, him talking about, uh, it would have been as good a game if it wasn't a Blizzard game. I'm gonna disagree there. What about you? Well, it depends. If. Uh, well, well, uh, okay, let me, uh, give my points and then we'll see what you think. Okay. I'm gonna disagree on really two points. One, marketing. Everyone went absolutely batshit because it, this is Blizzard putting out a new IP. Okay. And two, this is the bigger one actually, is resources. And I'm not just talking about uh, coding talent. I'm talking about the raw resources Blizzard has because they have the cash cow of MMOs still. Yeah. Because uh, Overwatch is the leftovers of a carcass that was Titan. Yeah. So, uh, granted, we don't know how much of Overwatch uh, is pulled from Titan, at least as far as I've heard. I've never really heard any uh, actual figures on, you know, just what they saved, if it was just the lore or if there was, you know, character development and everything else going on as well. But this is uh, pulled from the carcass of a dead MMO, and Blizzard has the resources to just really throw a game away that they don't think is going to work. Look at StarCraft Ghost. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you can't. It never came out because they trashed it. But you can go back and watch the E3 stuff from a long time ago. Yeah, true. But uh, yeah, very true. But still, it's uh, uh, they have the ability to say no, this isn't up to our standards, and just eat the uh, loss. Yeah, which is why pretty much every Blizzard game is amazing because they will throw away anything that doesn't meet their very high standards. I would say at least very highly polished because uh, yeah, Di- Diablo 3 on uh, release wasn't really amazing because some of the design decisions, primarily the auction house. Yeah. Um, I am not 100% sure. On the one hand, I'm thinking, okay, if the game really did come out exactly the same from an indie studio or any other random studio... Okay, well, well, we can oh. actually draw a parallel here with Paladins. I mean, Paladins sort of, is, uh, but, but but Paladins is also getting a uh, boost because it's essentially a free to play Overwatch. That is true, but Paladins, you know, is is has come after Overwatch. It's yeah. very difficult to judge the games that that follow the preceding game. Um, even though Paladins didn't proceed or uh, follow it by that much, but still, no. Um, anyways, though, I, it would gain a lot of traction because Overwatch is a genuinely good game. You know, I have my qualms with it, but overall, it's a good game. I mean, I played it during the beta, um, and I'm sure it's evolved a lot since then, just as, 
uh, Blizzard has listened to player feedback and stuff, but I think it would have still gotten... Do what? Sorry, I said poor Evolve. Oh. <laughs> I think that it still would have gained a lot of traction, um, especially if it was an indie game, because it would have been like, wow, look at this amazing indie game. Like, you know, every indie game that gets that kind of response sells a kajillion copies. It's, you know, it happened with Brothers, it's happening right now with Owlboy, FTL is an example, um, you know, and just on and on. You know, games that are like, look at this amazing game by this indie dev, Shovel Knight, you know, they sell a kajillion mm-hmm. copies. Um, but you're right, Blizzard does have this massive marketing arm, and they did have the added bonus of like, this is the first new Blizzard IP in forever, so yeah, well, unless you're well, really depends on how you count uh, Heroes of Warcraft, or that 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 came out at, after it came out after. Uh, uh, shoot, now I'm blanking on Blizzard names. Hearthstone. Well, Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Heroes of the Storm was what I was looking for. Oh, okay. So yeah, they, uh, Blizzard has put out new IPs before, but this is a completely new universe. That's the. Thing. I don't consider Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm new IPs. They're kind of spinoffs. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Hearthstone is just, I mean, it's all from World of Warcraft. It's World of Warcraft distilled into a card, uh, a CCG, collectible card game. And that is a bit of an oversimplification, but at its heart, that's what it is. Whereas Heroes of the Storm is just an amalgamation of every Blizzard property ever into, um, a MOBA. So, I mean, they do, they do new things for sure, but I don't consider them new IPs. Well, I was going to go more with a brand new universe since, yeah, this is a new lore, new everything else. Right. But, yeah, uh, the marketing arm for Blizzard pushed this game heavily. I mean, just all the uh, little shorts that they had, the uh, commercials, uh, it was absolutely a huge push. And that's part of the reason why, you know, well, that and the reason why, well, that and Battleborn kind of sucked, that Battleborn failed. (laughs) Here's my speculation on what would have happened if this was not a Blizzard game. It comes out exactly the same, but it's not made by Blizzard. And it goes up against Battleborn. I think Battleborn would have survived. Because that was the main thing. I mean, Battleborn, it's not the same game as Overwatch. It's got its good points and its bad points, just like any yeah, other Battleborn game. Battleborn is a lot stronger on its MOBA roots. Right, right. Uh, Overwatch, uh, well, you uh, actually brought it up that uh, Overwatch is, uh, more FPS with, uh, well, with ultimate abilities. And you, uh, talked about the comparison with TF2. And TF2, uh, I'm not sure how long ago you played it because TF2, it's not just the characters anymore, but there's subclasses for each character now. Yeah, it's been years since I've played TF2. Well, I was, uh, more talking about Ghost Shark because, yeah, uh, for example, a, uh, a demo man using the lock and load and the regular grenade launcher are two very separate, uh, subclasses and then uh, you get into the abomination that is demo night right but anyways i think if if overwatch had come out against um i'm drawing a blank on it now battleborn um exactly the Don't worry, same. a lot of people are blo- drawing a blank on battleborn but i think if it had been exactly the same and it was just at not a blizzard studio i think overwatch would have still done really well but not have completely captured that one market instance, and Battleborn would still be around as a stronger contender. I mean, it might still have lost overall to Overwatch. Um, people certainly seem to prefer it, even ones who have tried both seem to prefer Overwatch for the more colorful characters. Um, but I think it would have done a lot better. 
Well, at least uh, Battleborn had Battleborn Day where they uh, got uh, up to 700 uh, concurrent players. Yes, the very huge number of 700. <laughs> uh, Battleborn Day, what a fuck up that was. I and mean, we never really talked about that. Nope. The gist of it, though, was that the community got together to have this thing to try and, and encourage uh, the player base to, to swell back up again. And the developers supported it. Um, and did a whole bunch but, of promotion for it, but they didn't have like a free weekend for it. Th- there was a, I actually looked for a sale for this. There wasn't game, a sale. There, yeah. Yeah, I looked, there wasn't a sale. Uh, it, everything was, you know, uh, for the pre-existing community or lack thereof. Yeah. So they really cocked that up. I, I'm really thinking after a Battleborn that the Borderlands series was a fluke. Yeah. And I mean, there's no way that they could fuck up this royally and not have Borderlands just be a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to call it out. Sorry for whatever kind of weird editing winds up here. I am currently under a severe weather warning, so we stopped to save our progress thus far and restarted and, uh, yeah, just to I be safe. Yeah. Because I personally, remember. I don't want to do another three hours of uh, talking about Skyrim. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of which, hang on. To right-click, delete local content, delete. Yeah, there's 10 gigs back. Well, okay. <laughs> so uh, that, That's officially ending Skyrim for me. <laughs> so where do we go now? Um, uh, well, we still had the second part of his letter. Uh, okay. Ingress and Pokemon Go. And, uh, and I actually agree with him on this one that uh, those two are more of a social experience than anything else. And probably part of the reason why both of us really don't care for him is that we live really where those games don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, even in Cleveland, which is a, a decent-sized town, there's like 100,000 people that live there. Once kind of the initial craze died down, you don't see people wandering around anymore. Like maybe every once in a while, but nowhere near as frequently. So, plus I'm not really into social stuff anyways. Like I meet my social quota every week by (laughs) doing the podcast and playing games with you guys. So, you know. Uh, You're the type that would wear the shirt. You've read my t-shirt. Okay, that's enough uh, social interaction for today. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> you know, you should wear that to therapy. <laughs> I just sit it, there. I would. I need to, I need to get that shirt, but I would. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add to it. We've talked about both Pokemon Go and Ingress at length. Yeah. It, um, I, I mean, valid points, Ghost, valid points, but I don't really have anything to add to that discussion at this point. Yeah, other than Pokemon Go is... Uh, uh, probably outside of my uh, mother while she was still alive, uh, the, the thing that's tried to get me to church the most. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. out of, uh, I think my town has six Pokestops across uh, like a mile and a half. And I would say a good two thirds of them are churches. Yeah. The only Pokestop near where my house is, is a church. It's like two miles down the road. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm trying to. 
Thanks. Um, okay. Well, and, 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 oh, and blood sacrifice. Uh, what, what are we? Uh, the IO shield. <laughs> oh, yes, we're very deadly. We demand our blood. Okay, so uh, uh, question of the week. Yep. Uh, question. Well, uh, sh- or should we give the email out first? Uh, uh, you, you usually do the email first, so go ahead. Okay, uh, if you wish to email us, you could uh, email us over at vglpodcast at gmail.com uh, with your letters, audio or otherwise. We will read or at least stumble through a text letter. <laughs> we haven't had to do that in a while, actually. Nope. Which is okay. Yep. I, mean, I don't mind reading, but audio letters are easier. Yeah, uh, very easier. Uh, and also, uh, well, I think it's a kind of a, a kickback from uh, having a good portion of the old Kerbalcast audience is that people are used to sending in audio letters. Yeah. Still, though, if you're not from the Kerbalcast audience or if you're a new listener, feel free to to do text, audio, whatever. You could make Gr- some grand, kind of like... Grand video, uh, uh, pod- uh, video uh, letters would be nice, but you know, we're not a video podcast, so you know, they're yeah. kind of uh, wasting that. You could make like a PowerPoint or something. Maybe we could include that with, in the show don't, notes. Don't, don't challenge Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, make a PowerPoint. I want to see it happen at least once. No, no, I'm afraid what Kyle will come up with. <laughs> I can't we'll, wait. We'll, we'll end up uh, uh, with a groove sitting on our doorstep and a box of <laughs> jambalaya with 15 pounds of uranium and a pizza sitting on top of the letter. <laughs> Is the pizza from Frank's or not Frank's? Not Frank's. <laughs> oh. That has become like a weird little inside joke here. <laughs> we have a Katie lot of I. weird uh, little inside jokes. Uh, oh, well, yes, ta- but oh, you're talking but about that's an inside joke between Katie and myself, like because <laughs> she thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> I need to show her the picture. She hasn't seen the picture. Um, but okay. So now to the question of the week. Okay, the question of the week actually sparked quite a bit of discussion. Okay. Um, yeah, it was uh, from my vault of just general questions. What is the greatest flaw in your favorite game? And we both also answered this, by the way. Let's see, Groove, uh, the Kraken and KSP. Chemist, I'm not sure if I would, uh, uh, if I could call Brahalla my favorite game, but the server issues really put me off. Uh, sucks to be killed by a rollback. Kyle, the camera control in Dark Souls. Get used to it. But still a bit frustrating, which uh, Chemist uh, answers uh, or replies to him. If only there was some Dark Souls inspired game with a, a with a better camera, even a simple top down view would work better. A million lights, probably a better uh, game engine choice for KSP. Uh, K- uh, Magic KSP written in insert uh, in, uh, intense discussion here, and boy did he get it. <laughs> uh, uh, Chemist uh, replied. Unity is what made KSP uh, so moddable. Any issues that were caused by it were by not upgrading to Unity 5 for a long time. Million lights, but but garbage collection lag spikes. Uh, Chemist, <laughs> all engines have garbage collection. You either write your own in C++ or learn how to manage uh, dynamic memory. KSP is weird that it has lots of data in a single scene that is loaded arbitrarily in order. Uh, that can't be uh, reused. Then uh, you chimed in with, uh, uh, "Well, you're well, sitting here. I'm making you do it." I don't. I'm not looking at it. I don't remember what I said. The dumbass leveling system in Oblivion. 
Oh yeah. Which I think I also said that was a ha- uh, spoilers for next week. Yeah. And mine is the UI and Dwarf Fortress, which is an absolute mess and really need to be reworked because uh, moving the cursor is different keys depending on what uh, menu you're on. Yep. Just to give you an idea. It's one of the few games that actually uses the arrow keys, and that's only occasionally. <laughs> and other right. times there'll be uh, W, A, S, D. Uh, other times it's uh, J, uh, K, L, uh, M, N. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah, it's really weird. And that's our question of the week. Okay. And, uh, our regular tweets were actually very light this week, mostly because our discussion was so much in the question of the week, which actually I really enjoyed. That was a, uh, ended up being a good question. Good question, Rich. Go, good question. May, may have to go for another general question this week, unless we want to talk about No Man's Sky some more in the question of the week. You're the question of the week guy. You decide. Okay. Uh, Kyle, uh, uh, VGL community, go see a rival. It's the best movie I've seen in years. More than just a movie, this is a film. Kyle, I'm yeah, pretty really sure most movies are distributed digitally these days to theaters. <laughs> I do really want to go see Rival, or A Rival, not Rival. It looks like a really, really interesting, genuinely good film. And also, that, that doesn't rely on like action and, and stuff. Yeah. It, it's a smart film, I think, is the best way to describe it. Let's see. And he said, also, terminology aside, I'm glad my audio letter was so well received. Also, it looks like my cheeky little days are coming to a close. Oh, I'm sure you'll figure out a way. (laughs) I don't know. The back end of Podbean doesn't allow you to access the file until I put it live, unless you're an administrator, so. Uh, Which you can give me an administrator's rights, right? I should do that, yeah. Because I I, I need to start poking around the website. Yeah, we'll share the login. I'll get you the information tomorrow, probably. All right. And let's see. Groove on the domain's uh, sky patch. I'm going to attest that not uh, that dead horse. Uh, it'll have to be pretty good to convince me, though. <laughs> and which, yeah. Which I also commented that we're spending, uh, sending our space monkey, you, into uh, uh, space once again. <laughs> hey. Uh. Kyle, uh, community, asking your soon-to-be fiancé's father about marrying his daughter is stressful. Glad I won't have to do that again. And congratulations, Kyle. <laughs> and I would make yeah, a snarky comment, but nah, I won't this time around. Nah. This time. It's about time, dude. That's all I got to say. Well, you know, we're approaching 52 episodes. You know, I have to miss it one time. <laughs> and then Jim uh, has... has uh, everyone been listening to the Skyrim Book Club podcast, which I'm pretty sure you uh, suggested, didn't you? Or did, was that an audio letter? The Skyrim Book Club podcast? No. Uh, it's that was not a, me. Or, no, no, no. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure Jim brought this up uh, during uh, uh, one of our get-togethers that either you were away or this was uh, when just a bunch of us were together. It's a, a book club where... Or, or sorry, it's a podcast where they're uh, reading out uh, different books out of Skyrim. Okay, so, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, some of it's interesting. Uh, I haven't uh, uh, listened to the podcast itself, but I have read some of the books. Well, it, well, I will say in Oblivion, not Skyrim, because Skyrim I was more than happy to delete. Uh, yeah, 
but it's uh, there's a lot of lore that is really hidden away in the books, and uh, they're actually uh, uh, I wouldn't say amazing because they are all very short stories, and uh, longer ones are spread out across you know, like volume one to eight. <laughs> yeah, um, the weather is starting to get nasty okay. outside, so right, let's wrap uh, this up. Okay. Yeah, uh, quick exit. Uh, yeah, uh, let's just do a quick to, exit. Yeah, if you wish to uh, tweet us at tweet us at VGL Podcast, at, or once again, that email is vglpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, do you want to provide anything? Um, normally I would, but I think we should wrap it up. Katie says she's a little bit nervous, so okay, I'm gonna go ahead and head off. Um, All right. Uh, just check out our channels, uh, Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or uh, on Twitter, Gaming with CR, and you, Gaming Psychologist, <laughs> or JMA four seven zero seven. Yep, on Twitter and Twitch.tv slash JArthur four seven zero seven to watch me stream games. And I'm just gonna skip to the music part as his lovely music starts to roll across <laughs> my voice. Bye bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.